keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to a very eventful episode of Wrestle Roasts. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with Robert Karpolis. I'm here with Zach Attack. Mike's not in this week, which is unfortunate because, boy, do we have a lot to talk about. And uh, Scott will be here hopefully soon. So nothing's changed on our end. Um, but, yeah. boy, do we have a lot to change talk about in the world of professional wrestling, everything that went down at at Cardiff, everything that went down at All Out, everything that went down after All Out, the, the most important story of the week. But first off, I want to uh, talk to all my Northwest comedy fans. I'm going to be at the Punchline Comedy Club next Wednesday, Wednesday, that's September 14th through September 17th. It's my favorite club in the world. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to do it. So hopefully I see some of you guys out of there out there tickets still available i'm trying to get this thing filled up with forbidden dorks so if you're a fan of the show or my comedy please come out uh uh, as far as our show is concerned uh we got a lot of stuff coming up bro we got for patreon this monday if you're a member of our five dollar tier doing something a little different we're going to be doing the roast of donald trump since he is technically in the wwe hall of fame next week the uncensored 1998 wcw september 26th the roast of johnny ace maybe we should do the roast of both aces johnny ace and ace steel that would be kind of fun i don't know we'll we'll, we'll get some feedback from you guys october 3rd we got a mailbag episode october 10th we're off october 17th halloween havoc 1996 october 24th pro wrestlers vs zombies that's an actual movie with kurt angle october 31st the roast of the undertaker you can only get those if you're on our five dollar tier Regular show next week. We got the roast of the Miz September 30th. We got the roast of the XFL October 14th. We've got the roast of the Von Erics and October 21st. You get the roast of Dracula. Now, if you want to bump up to our $10 tier, you get, uh, well, this week you would have gotten Robert's raw review and my review of worlds collide the NXT show next week, Robert and I will be reviewing TNA. I have forced Robert to join me on this uh and go through the pain that i go through every week we will be doing um i believe it is i believe it's called turning point let me see just i first would just to give you guys if you guys need two weeks to watch this sorry against all odds 2005 headlined by kevin dash versus jeff jarrett for the nwa championship so I mean, even saying those words. Two weeks. I need two bullets. I'm <laughs> here, everybody. I mean, even like having those words come out of my mouth, I'm like, eh, maybe the scrum wasn't so bad. You know, you know like, could have been worse. But we're starting out with our premium current event. And man, there's no bigger event than AEW High School. And 
you got, I mean, if you guys are living under a rock, CM Punk went postal and AWOL during well, his. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a uh, a, a bold. Uh, I would say prediction that makes no sense. I'm gonna make a bold statement here. I think what we need to do for the sake of, we're talking Cardiff, we're talking Dynamite, we're talking All Out. We should at least discuss All Out before getting into the post All Out. I don't mind. No, we got to talk about this first. This is all. Yeah, right. No, you got to. You want to get. You got to get through the other stuff. I, I think it's it's worth giving the pay per view the the respect and the attention that the EVPs chose not to give it, and then we can get to the meat and potatoes uh, of what's going right. on here. All right. Well, Scott. Well, we're gonna do order. Then Cardiff should be first. But what? Yeah, what I was gonna do Cardiff first. Yeah, let's do Cardiff first. Yeah, I'll do Cardiff. Let's first. let's do. Let's talk about the company that's not fucking right. falling okay. off a cliff. Okay. Which for once is all right. So WWE. Everybody skip to 40 minutes from now. Uh, Clash at the Cardiff. Uh, Clash the at Queen Cardiff. is dead. We got to respect the UK first. Clash at the Castle in Cardiff. My bad. Yeah, rest in peace, Queen. Uh, yeah, we, it sucks to lose a listener, but... Uh... <laughs> well, really, let's be honest. It sucks to lose that $5 a month. <laughs> <laughs> Not even $10 tier. <laughs> Prince, Prince Andrew is, is like, hey, can I come back now? Um, premium current event. Oh, okay. I like that he's kind of Laurenitis in the way you just did that impression. He re- he is he is the royal family's John Laurenitis. Uh, we are we got to talk clash at at the Carta at Carta at Clash at, at the Cardiff Clash at the Castle. I haven't written down as Clash at the Cardiff, which uh, sounds like something that happens in like a Dublin bar. Um, first off, or if the I Usos mean, were allowed to go. First off, before we even get to the matches, the vibe for this show was incredible. This this show had the best. Vibe. I don't think it had the best match of those matches of the week, but I do think it had the best vibe of the week. The audience was amazing. They obviously have been hungering for this for decades. The only member of the audience that looked kind of miserable was Brett. Um, I, I think the MVP of the whole weekend was whoever did the lighting at Cardiff. It was so fucking cool. It reminded me of like the old Lego medieval sets. Uh, Scott, what did you uh, what did you think generally about the about the show and the vibe? Well, how do you want to do it? You want to break it down match for match, Robert? Well, we, just, well, we will. I'm just talking. We will. About we'll just, just do a quick. Oh, uh, in general, man, this was a you know this was a tight, fun show with some really uh, uh, big mo- like moments that I go like oh though at least two moments that are moments that at the end of the year I'll go oh yeah that's something WWE did really 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 well uh and a lot of it has to do with the crowd yeah but who cares i mean that that's what happens you know that 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 crowd was unbelievable and i did not know it's been 30 years since we've gotten a crowd like that because i forget that every wrestlemania these goddamn knuckleheads fly over here. And that's why those shows are so good. And that's why the raw after mania is so good is because you got these maniacs. Uh, they're a blast. They're, they're, they're great wrestling fans. And, and that was a great wrestling show. The only thing that was like, kind of, it was the first time, you know, everybody, like everybody gives shit to WWE because they don't bring up any other wrestling. But now that Hunter's at the helm, he doesn't really have a problem with that. And he brought up all these like, old famous British wrestlers that not even the crowd knew they would like cut to him and be like, Oh, it's, it's Johnny Higginbottoms. He had an amazing run in Liverpool in the late sixties, you know, and, and just fucking crickets. But besides that, the crowd was, was actually incredible. 
making a surprise appearance on the show after I just told you guys he wouldn't be able to make it. He's here, folks. He couldn't resist talking about uh, the clash at the media scrum, and that, that is Mike Lawrence. My, my, Mr. Tony Khan had one press scrum and now all of his great talents gone. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So you guys were talking about Clash at the at the yeah, castle. We were, we were, gonna, we were covering all the shows to build up to Doom you, in the green room. Pretty much. I feel like you, you want to talk about the good stuff. You want to put over the pay-per-views. And then we can get to the the, the fun stuff that uh, when I woke up the morning after and 126 missed text messages uh, from you guys. So I was like, oh, something must have happened. But you real mean, quick. on eight, 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 eight steals performance at the paper chew. <laughs> and a, oh, a, man. a steal had, a, had an entire career in a week. All right. We're getting. We're, we let's do let's get- all say it, guys. One, two, three. Go Ace. <laughs> we uh, we do get criticism from for talking over each other, me in particular. So I'm going to try to curb that. But uh, originally, Mike, we were going to talk to the media scrum first. But uh, Robert wants to do Clash the Cast. I don't think you, even anyone remembers this pay per view from Saturday. That's how much crazy shit has happened. But let's uh, start with uh, the six woman tag that was on the tr- uh, on the show: Bianca, Alexa Bliss, and Oscar versus Damage Control, which is the name of Bailey. Uh, EO Sky and uh, Dakota Kai's or Dakota. It's Sky. also the name of last night's episode of Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the name of their new stable. Scott, what did you think of this uh, opening match? Look, man, uh, that's the thing about these WWE female wrestlers is they they feel like movie stars. I think I texted you guys that during the match. Each of them feels like their own famous celebrity, and that's really cool. And it's a compliment to all of them. It's in the way they they become their characters. It's the way they choose to dress. I mean, you know, if all of these are their choices, it's just it down to a T. There are like five chicks on this roster who fucking get it. And uh, when they are involved in matches, it's the shit. I did not like the crowd cheering for Bailey that much, though. Um, it just was, you know, it it annoyed me. I, I would say that uh, the women in AEW feel like movie stars. They start out hot and then they're forgotten. <laughs> they have like 20 Meg Ryans. That is, Meg Ryan is a much bigger star than Penelope Ford. Uh, That's true. Bigger, Meg Ryan had a heyday. She, uh, she had. Want to interrupt, guys. My dogs are going crazy. Just uh, keep talking about this. Vintage, match. vintage Dan here with the dogs. I love it. Uh, Kenny Omega is going to run in and go. Wait, save is them. it the dogs or Ace? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I like the women's six man. I, I, yeah. My note was the the crowd wanted to do the Bailey chant. I thought this was a precursor that they were going to be obnoxious the entire night. It gave Bailey fuel to generate heat, which was her shitting on the chant and then intentionally tagging out to cut off the chance. So she made the most of what it was. I thought the women did a really nice job. Uh, they gave it plenty of time. It was athletic. Uh, it was a, it was a really good uh, spotlight for him. Uh, since, since Dan is, is busy uh, with, uh, with Kenny Omega, I'm going to move on to the, the next match, which was uh, the intercontinental title match, Sheamus versus Gunther. Um I thought Seamus versus Gunther, the big surprise is they reunited Imperium. Um, Hunter I, is Hunter is giving you back all the toys that Vince took away. He is the best stepdad ever. 
And uh, this match, I, I, you know, I'll go out on a limb and say this was a really fun match to watch. I, I, you know, I know it wasn't a G1 match and you get 45 of these where guys are beating the shit out of each other. But from a WWE perspective, these rarely happen. And because of that, it felt special. And Sheamus for like one night only, like a Make-A-Wish kid, was a massive superstar. He was Connor the Crusher at this show, and it was a blast. Mike, Mike, did you get a chance to see the show? Yeah, yeah, I watched. I, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched a lot of it. Um, uh, this this match seems to be like right up your alley as far as yeah. Though this wrestling. was fantastic, and this is like, I think I rate wrestling differently than you guys. Um, I definitely rate it differently than Dave. Uh, <laughs> where I really do feel like atmosphere is so much a part of a rating. And the special, like, yeah, because, I, I mean, I do always say there's so many great matches now, or what we think a great match is, but this felt fucking special and had this epicness to it that they could have had the same match move for move at a SmackDown or at a house show or even at, um, even at a fucking WrestleMania, but like, it here, these two European guys, like Seamus, when you watch Seamus in this, you forget he's been in this company on television for 13 fucking years. He felt exciting. He felt fresh. You know, even though he looks the fucking same, he always has. It was like, which is it a was testament amazing. to Seamus, too, by the way. Also, this guy is a guy who they thought wasn't going to wrestle ever again. Right. After like a few years ago. I mean, this was a guy we all thought couldn't wrestle for you. <laughs> I think the problem with, I think the big thing with Sheamus is that like they just threw too much at him, but he's a good worker, man. He's, he's had too many good matches to not be a good worker. Oh, no, you he's know? a good worker and, and he's a good like, rock you know, steady. Some of them were against the bar and Daniel Bryan, <laughs> great workers. But you, you know, another thing that not enough people are pointing out about Sheamus is Sheamus was. When when Sheamus first came in, he was Triple H's boy. You know, we're thinking of all these NXT guys being Triple H's guys. Sheamus was a Triple H guy, even though they were both just guys on the roster. And I remember, I, I think did Triple H put him over first or tried to many times? And, yeah, uh, well, because they they used to work out together. And yeah, so it never would... stuck. But there was also that moment of like, there's vindication for for Triple H too, where it's like there is a place for this guy, and there always has been. Yeah, I thought that this was like to me one of the best matches of the weekend just because how into it the crowd was, how into both guys they were, their excitement for it. The the fact that, yeah, when I watch a match and I'm like, this can only be as special as it is in this moment and this place, that does mean a lot to me. And and I thought that this really elevated it. And And this whole show, I mean, the fact that it has been 30 years when, like Scott said, these are the the best fucking fans in the world. Like, you know, you didn't see you didn't see like ten thousand Americans in fucking Cardiff this weekend, but you see them here. <laughs> like, they fucking love this shit. And uh, this was yeah, man. This was fucking awesome. Uh, you know, this you was see, uh, Mike, Ishii you see Gunter and... as a future WrestleMania main eventer, world champion. Uh, no, no, I, maybe, but I, I don't think he needs to be. I think he's gonna. I think he's like a modern Kane. I think he's the guy that ah, the guy's going to beat. 
but not not overused as much. But I think I don't see him as the champ, but I see him as making champs. And I, I not think as that's politically problematic. Important. What's that? Hopefully not as politically problematic. My only problem with Gunther is I watch him on these press junkets. And even though it should be Walter, I'll go. I, I will, I'll drop that. Just guy. call him but, Walter. You could dead right. name a wrestler. My only thing about Walter is he comes across so well during these media scrums that I'm kind of like, eh, for your character, you should be a little more of a dick, I think, you know? But they're like, do you want to fight Brock? He goes, yes, that would be nice. Uh, I would enjoy that. You know, it's, it's always like, it's the most measured response to everything, you know? I think he should shoot when he's interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody how he really feels. That works out. <laughs> yeah. That somewhere. works for Dynamite with his wife. <laughs> Maybe somewhere in the middle. But I also, was... Dan, to that point, like Gunther is a heel just because he has a scary accent. He doesn't yeah. behave like a heel. Imperium really aren't heels. They're just, uh, you know, it's just yeah, Rocky they don't Four. Fear a lot. Yeah, they don't. No, really it's it's literally just Rocky Four, and we just hate him because he has a funny sounding accent, and Dan misses his other name. Before he had to flee to Argentina. <laughs> yeah, that's actually they should do that angle. Maybe have send Reggie after him. Um, all right. Uh, next up, we have Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan for the SmackDown Women's Championship. My note on this was way better than I thought it would be. Like, I thought this was a pretty good match, you know. And Liv is limited, and and Shayna's really good, and. I kind of wanted Shayna to go over. I, I hopefully this proved to the rest of the company and everyone who was on the fence about Shayna that she can be a top lady for them. Um, I don't know, man. What did you think of this, Scott? Yeah, I love Shayna. I actually didn't want her to win just because I don't know. It's I don't think it's a great look when a new guy comes in and starts like switching champions right away. And so I don't think anybody should be switching titles at all uh, until maybe the next pay-per-view. Well, yeah, that's when it's going to happen, obviously. But, yeah, this was good enough. I think Liv, you know, you mentioned it in text while it was happening. She gets really nervous during certain spots, and it's, like, very obvious, and then you feel bad for her. I don't like watching someone and feeling bad for them not doing well at their job, and that's what this was. Yeah, especially the world champ. Uh, Robert, what do you think? Of this yeah, thing? dude, you know what? I forgot that. That's the other thing. It's like I watch this, and it never feels like she's the world champ. They just can't take it off her because they took it – off of Nikki Ash and it just made Raw and her look bad. So they gotta give no, they gotta give Liv a chance. This was giving this was in front of a crowd that was gonna be a little bit more forgiving. Shayna is really good and and was really good in a lot of spots in this. And Liv really loves wrestling. Liv's outfit was actually a throwback to what sensational Sherry wore. Uh oh, I back it was Madonna. No, it was just, it was it was a, a no, sensational yeah, was Sherry, Sherry uh outfit. So it's like I like to see her doing well. Well, Shayna's really capable in this spot. They're clearly building up Ronda for something. So give Liv a chance. It doesn't cost them anything. And if she takes off at some point, great. If she doesn't, they can't say that it wasn't from lack of trying. So this was totally fine. It wasn't, it was, it was probably the worst match on the show, but that's not a fair thing to say. It was better than anything you'd see 930 at Wednesday nights. Well, Whoa, definitely. Guy. Hey, 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 hey. Def- 847. The last two weeks. Yes, sir. I mean, definitely not the worst finish. We'll save that for the main event. Um, I I thought I you know it's interesting. Yeah, I didn't feel like Liv felt like a champion, but Baszler felt like she was fighting to win a championship. She's yeah. fucking awesome. 
Yeah, she's and, great, man. She's really good. And and hopefully they, you know, the time before this, they kind of figured her out. They figured her out in NXT. They figured her out at the beginning of the Becky feud. And they figured her out when she was just like annoyed at Naya all the time. And, um, yeah, it was a real hard character to play, being angry <laughs> at Naya Jax. It was literally Naya Jax say, saying something or fucking something up and then Shayna Baszler rolling her eyes. And being I, like, I think to Robert's point, Liv should just have a choir come out and her theme should just be all we are saying is give live a chance. And Mike, Mike, it's musical Mike this episode. But Ray it's, like, and Ed, it's like Pritchard's here, but way more coherent. It, it's not musical Mike. It's the antidepressants work today, Mike. <laughs> Couldn't have given well, some to punk. Well. Hey, man. All right. Mindy's Bakery. Ray, Ray, Ray. Ray, everything about that was funny all right ray and edge versus finn balor and damian preets uh my my note on this was match was was decent but the turn for dom i thought was very good and i thought the stuff they did with dom on monday was was good so for me it was is just successful it's like been a successful program after me just fucking can't standing the judgment day. But I, I think that this is right. Make Rhea the head of judgment day, have this weird Dom sub thing with her and, and Dom. Um, Robert, what do you think of this match? One of the highlights of the weekend was how happy this crowd was to see edge it was so fun. Like to Mike's point, atmosphere is absolutely key them singing edges theme song like this was the like judas was awesome that moment where he just paused, like and we, we talked about this last week you're like oh they're gonna they're gonna cheer finn over them like no they're so excited to see ray mysterio and edge they treated these guys like real stars it felt like a great moment the match was good uh i think that you know they all they all worked as hard as they could except for that edge 619 that was oh rough. that was horrendous i mean it was fun that he tried to do it it was funny he tried it but yeah it like, was like it was like watching like when they bring a celebrity in and they're trying to do a move um but yeah the the post-match thing with Dom, and bad bunny would have pulled that off better than bad oh bad because you need an ass job. you need an ass to swing you, you. it's your you ass do. that's swinging yeah that's yes true. that's, yes. that's how physics ass. works you can't do a 619 with a uh, the, the arm clothesline he gave to ray with it being exactly what eddie did to him was a really nice touch and and i know we're not going to cover rocks there's way too much to cover but uh Rhea coming out and saying that, she, that dom was a boy and she made him a man was so fucking good like that that was what it was like you got dominic laid once and he's going to turn on his dad what would you what would you say would be a good original unique joke about that <laughs> uh, next up we've got seth rollins versus matt riddle great match as expected seth's elton john outfit. hey wait Rhea, Rhea and dom are the same age right i think so yeah I that's mean, crazy it, doesn't she feel 15 years older than yeah her? this feels like when you're in middle school I, and I you see like dom, the girls are like dom three feet taller than her Let me yeah, see. Dom might be like a year older than her they they uh, go they go to the same salon. I know that. <laughs> yeah, Edward Scissor hands. <laughs> they're the same age. They're both twenty five. Wow, man! I was wild. one a woman and the other a boy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun, man. It, it's going to be one of those things that, like, if they 
like if they keep going with it, they they could make him into like a really fun babyface team too. Hey, but I'll I'll say this: if the son uh, has a program with the father that lasts more than a six minute match, they have the better uh, father son feud in wrestling. Yeah, they have the advantage. At least Dom and Rhea scissoring makes a little more sense. <laughs> well, they're gonna they're gonna build to that match i mean first they're going to do dom and edge they're doing that on monday i think i think they should have waited for that for extreme rules but i'm just one man guys but two men seth rollins and matt riddle had a great match uh seth's uh outfit his elton john throwback outfit was was fucking great um yeah man i just really i love what they're doing with riddle lately i do think that seth needed to go over just because he's lost way too much and he's done way. I mean, he made Cody a huge WWE star. I mean, he was a big star before that, but I, now he's a WWE star, and that's that's directly from Seth. He had, he he probably had Roman's best match of the year, unless like some people prefer the SummerSlam match. Um, I, I expect this feud to keep going. I mean, I thought the the John Jones stuff was great. I I think both guys are great. Um, what did you think of this match, Mike? This was awesome, and yeah, I love the the fucking Elton John. I mean, like I said, man, this whole thing felt like the SummerSlam that SummerSlam should have been. Like, this really was um, fucking cool, and everything was, yeah, just elevated by the crowd. And I think, yeah, having Seth win after losing to Cody... <laughs> What four times in a row, including torn pet Cody? Like, yeah, he he needed a win, and and Riddle is a guy. I I, I wouldn't have him lose too much. I I think he really has a bright future, but I I think he could take the pin. And um, but you know, it's fucking exciting to to see where he goes. And th- this this yeah, this whole card felt like a classic fucking pay per view. The six matches, they all felt important, and this truly felt like the penultimate match here's your second biggest match on the card before your fucking main event and everyone's into it absolutely robert what do you think of this match they told such a great story with this match with the feud building up to it and this idea with that that john jonesy segment where riddle got pushed beyond the breaking point with rollins when they brought up his his wife and kids leaving and then rollins not being able to beat riddle during the match until he invokes, you know, this is why your your wife left you. This is why your kids hate you. And letting Riddle snap and getting away from the cartoony bro, birds flying out of his feet and him just like you know, hulking up, for lack of a better term, and looking like a killer. And that being the reason that Rollins beat him, that he outsmarted him, advanced the Rollins character, advanced the Riddle character. And you're, you, you look at how they laid out this card and knowing you're going to Extreme Rules – Almost every match on this show built to a match that would make sense as a personal feud at Extreme Rules without feeling like you're shoehorning it, where it's like, oh, shit, we have uh, Hell in a Cell in two weeks. we got to come up with something. It was moving organically in a way that really is a throwback to what they used to do. And, and it was it was no more evident than it was here. The the post-match stuff they filmed of them where they're saying, where Rollins saying, like, he's not getting a rematch – now you really want to see the rematch. Like it was just really well laid out. And this, and the crowd who kept chanting for Rollins uh, early on, which was kind of annoying, but again, they, they were having fun. 
they got into it and they were behind Riddle at the end when it mattered. God, what do you think of this match? Oh, I, I you know, I liked it a lot in a lot of ways. Uh, there, the, I don't like the part of the match where he gets to, he should have came out angry. The thing was already said to him. So the thing is just repeated. And then he goes, oh yeah, I remember why I'm mad. It's like, yeah, you should have came out swinging and it should have been a brawl. Uh, well, they, so- they did kind of start with it, but the idea was to beat him and not get disqualified. And he was trying to keep himself composed to get the win and he couldn't do it. And for a dude who's always super calm and then you find a way to make him snap, you know, that's at least some character development beyond just, I like Randy and oh, I like sure. weed. No, yeah, no, definitely that. I just thought, you know, that it was like a little odd. Yeah. That was a weird Dan impression. I right? mean, this was like, dude, yeah. that, that, that promo last week on Raw was huge, right? That was like, that's one of the biggest things Raw has done where people are like, everybody's in agreement that, holy shit, that Seth Rollins, Matt Riddle thing where... Oh, after the, you know, during commercial, this is what Seth really said. We all thought that was crazy cool. So then for him to just come out to like have a match with him, it's like, no, you got to start, you, you got to come out wailing, brother. Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with that. Um, All right. Our main event, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal World Championship. The, uh, I mean, the crowd for this, I mean, they treated, I think, either Scott or Robert, you said in our text thread, but they treated it, Drew, like it was Hogan in Toronto. I mean, Drew was amazing in this match. Roman was amazing in this match. The story Roman told of, oh my God, I'm actually going to lose this, uh, is so much different than the story that he had been telling in other matches. Like even the Brock one, it's like, I just got to put this guy away rather than this is, oh shit, did I under... Did I underprepare for this match? Um, and then the ending happened. And I thought Tyson Fury punching out Austin Theory was great. I think that Solo, Solo I think, I okay, I think Roman should have gone over. I do. But I think the Solo Sokoa shit, I, know, I, I think that guy's talented. I don't think that was the way to, to introduce him to the audience. And obviously Tyson Fury singing with Drew at the end. I mean, that was just... Well, even worse than that, because that part wasn't necessarily supposed to be shown on tell, uh, you know, for everybody. But, yeah. wh- okay, so Roman Reigns cheats to win, and then Tyson Fury enters the ring and shakes Roman Reigns' hand to be like, well, you you beat him. No, he, no, he didn't. He, you fucking cheated. Uh, so, like, th- that constant story of Roman of, like, uh, he's the most dominant, he's doing this, and then every match the last three minutes is exactly the same where he's cheating to win. It's like, then make him the cheater. Can we talk about how he cheats or only while like, it's like the cheating happens and they acknowledge it. And then they never acknowledge the cheating again. Yeah. I, I, I just thought it was, I don't know. I just was, I don't know how you would have ended it. I still think you what know, happens I, is it like, it brought you back to like uh, every time Roman has had a match. Like it just ended on the same note that every pay-per-view has ended on. Yeah, it's kind of like in that WrestleMania match. He had a great match with Edge and Daniel Bryan, and then the Usos just come in and knock him out. And I think one of the it was like one of the Usos returned, but it's not big enough of a return. You know, it's just I don't know, man. I, I, that was I, asked, I but I will say this: that punch to Austin Theory is like one of the best moments of the year. Like in terms of like what is pro wrestling supposed to be? That was perfect. And it was filmed flawlessly. Uh, that was crazy. 
Uh, before I get to Mike and Robert, how many flaming bowling pins would you give this guy? Well, what's the top? What's the most you can give something? Five. Yeah, I'll give it five. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. That was a fantastic wow. show. The yeah, ending was, was a huge give dud. It four but... and a half, but the ending killed me, so I gave it three and a half. Yeah, but we all laughed about it. It was so funny that it had happened. It was so uh, back to reality that it was like, okay, thanks. It, it just felt like Drew was singing at his own Push's funeral, you know? <laughs> like, um, Mike, what do you think of this main event? You know, I mean, they treated Drew like he was Garcia in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Except... He actually deserved to be in a main event. Um, you know, because they, they want to make money. It's weird. Um, no, this was uh this was fucking, you know, it was so funny because we me me and my wife picked up Dan to go to this wedding and this match was still on. We picked up Dan uh like at like a a place nearby and he was watching this match, and so I just heard about the last 10 minutes of it from Dan's disappointment. So it's like, you know, like, all right, well, Tyson Fury's out. He punched Theory. And then um, the guy who's not an Uso, but looks like an Uso, uh, now he's out. <laughs> it was just, and then, and then, and then it was like two minutes later, and now they're fucking singing. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> Just hearing Dan's color commentary of this without watching it at first. And um, I mean, yeah, it's, it is really one of those things. It it feels like, like a fucking GI Joe cartoon or Ninja Turtles where it's like, you keep thinking they're going to stop shredder and he gets away in the end. And I don't get why these baby faces don't have guys of their own to be on the lookout and shit like that, that they have in advance because the same shit happens every time. And Are they we just talking like... factions, bro? Are we talking a group like the factory, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, just like one or two, like, you know, baby faces that they don't even have to be a faction, but hey, man, you know, spot I, me I, on there. I personally wouldn't mind QT ending every show singing American Pie. So. Oh, God. He does look like Don McLean, but I... <sighs> I just feel like <laughs> this whole thing, I mean, the problem with Roman matches now is you are getting cynical about them. And look, man, like, we did not watch the eight years of Bruno San Martino's fucking title reign or all the dusty finishes in the eight. I mean, this is not uncommon, no, especially not. in long championships where... Oh, I mean, flair, dude, flair. Flair's oh, yeah. Her, his whole and, gimmick was like, I'm going to let this guy beat until beat me until the last three minutes. Yeah. And then, oh, it's a draw, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I, you, you went with me. And so, but Drew did feel more special than that. And the show felt more special than that. And um, it now he just looks like another fucking goof. And it's like, okay. The singing, I mean, just emasculated him. I thought it, it was like oh, when yeah, I, I hated it. Especially I think I think we brought it he up. Came like, across as such a huge star in that match, and then the singing just took it all away. I thought it's Luger in the balloons at fucking SummerSlam '93 when worse, he's celebrating. Way worse, way worse. Yeah, but we do have to acknowledge that. Okay, he lost, and that sucks, right? But then I guess the WWE they were just like, oh look, Tyson's gonna talk. Let's give it to the, you know, obviously this is for the live crowd. Let's keep it rolling, though, because this is really amazing. And it's going to be a cool moment. Not realizing, no, these guys are dummies from here. 
So all they can do is fucking sing. All they do is sing along. Their chants are songs. And so yeah. you give him a mic, you go, no, air it to the world. And then he goes, uh, so bye, bye. It was like the most, most embarrassing, dumbest shit I, in the world. And I fucking love that. I mean, I think it's one of the best songs ever written. But these oh, yeah, guys, like, of course. I don't get why they were singing that. Like, you know, fucking do a Scottish song, man. Do the fucking Proclaimers. Do Big well, Country. Didn't he sing you know? a song after winning a, a championship or something, Tyson Fury? Yeah, this was just this was I, I just he feel like Ameri- he thinks American Pie. That's his he comes out. That's his America. thing. He does yeah, that, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, I think the, the problem, problem is, is Tyson that... Fury is one of the best boxers ever, but nobody gives a shit about him. <laughs> That's the problem. I just think now Roman having the title for two years, which is such a fucking long time, and especially modern wrestling, you really are just focused on the ending and. If someone tells you like, all right, they had a match, and you're like, all right, so what happened at the? Oh, okay. You just don't care. Like, I don't think he loses until Cody, but I think it's gonna be Rock and him at Mania, and he's got to go. It's it's not gonna be him and Rock. It's gonna be him and Cody at Mania. That's that's where they're going. Um, This not if Carrion Cross has anything to say with it. With it. I will. I will say it, it depends on if, if uh, uh, as long as Cody doesn't bite anyone between now and then, he should be clear. <laughs> but what was what was fun about this match for me was this was the the closest I felt in years to watching an old school WWF main event where the crowd was one hundred percent behind the babyface. 100% against the heel, and they were living and dying by every near fall. It wasn't snarky. It wasn't both of you are awesome. It wasn't look at these cool moves. It was pure yeah, it was emotion that these people wanted. It, it was a bunch of finishers, yeah, but the crowd was living and dying by every moment of it, earnestly wanting to see something happen. Yeah, they didn't when they do a lot in this match, but it didn't, but the Dude, crowd made it seem Jersey, like it baby. was great. Yes. Like Roman in the middle of the match grabbing the microphone and you know screaming for them to acknowledge him was fun. You knew that there was there was no way Drew was winning the title here. They weren't going to blow what's going to be their biggest story here. They needed an out, and Mike, the reason why he didn't have people watching his back was they made a big deal about the Usos aren't there, Heyman's not there, Roman's all alone. So when you had somebody interfere, it was he had a plan all along. It's not the greatest finish, but how many? How many matches have there been over the years that had shitty finishes at the end of pay-per-view, especially during the Attitude Era or worse oh, during gosh. the Triple H title reign era where you only – and because Roman's on such a limited schedule, yeah, you don't really give a fuck other than his matches are going to be an event. He's not wrestling at Extreme Rules. His next match will probably probably be something at Survivor Series, and we won't see him again until Rumble. It's like he it's, – it's not something every week or every month or, God forbid, when I had to live through, like, the JBL title reign. Like, this is not JBL Big Show matches. This was at least a, a a really fun match. The ending was what it was. And then Tyson Fury doing what he did at the end. They kept it running because he is a big international star. You, you wanted the crowd to go home happy. And whatever the fuck he did, he did. And it was goofy and weird, but it didn't hurt the crowd. Like, the crowd seemed to love it. And they'll figure out what they're going to do with Drew going. They have Drew and Karrion Cross teed up. Uh, or Drew trying to kill Solo Sokoa, uh, you know, and the, at least the sword didn't come to life and float in midair and get zapped by lightning and bring about Bray Wyatt. Yeah. So we can be <laughs> thankful for that. Yeah. Well, also, Roman, I mean, look, to his credit, no matter what match he's in, 
he feels legendary. And so the match always feels important, no matter what. It's like there's just a different feeling when he's there because he is the guy there. Yeah, and, and, and to Roman's credit, he has a punch and a spear. <laughs> I Here's what I think. This is what I want to see happen at Mania now. Uh, you put this in my head of, of Cody and Roman. I want Heyman to interfere. And then fucking Brandy comes out and she's like, where are you going, Heffa? <laughs> and she smacks him and that's how cody and then cody puts the crossroads on uh, uh roman three times because that's the only way you can beat someone is if you do that move three times and then he does it and he wins <laughs> yeah, uh, that was mike's spec script for right, mike, uh, hunter both had his fat daddies what mike how many flaming bowling pins i'm gonna give this i think that this was the man you know it's tough because if you put the best matches of Mania together into one night, I'd say that's the best pay-per-view of, of the year. Um, but as one fucking man, the, the, the length of this and everything really helped. Um, and yeah, the lack of Vince, the freedom that even the announcers had at times and shit. Um, I'm going to give this uh, four and a half. I think this was the this might have been the best WWE show in years in terms of a fun beginning to end viewing experience. Robert, I mean this this show delivered with all the matches. You had you know Bret Hart there, happy as a clam like Jim Ross. Uh, this <laughs> was this was the most fun I had watching a WWE show in in quite a while. I'm I'm going full five. Uh, Scotty Meltzer flaming bowling pins and the post-match press conference with Roman Reigns was fantastic. And it those really good. press conferences are really easy to do. And WWE showed they are effortless and only add to your show. Well, Hey, can we also point this out that WWE has not done press conferences like this? Um, New Japan did them and then AEW adopted it from New Japan. And then I think this is a great decision by Triple H that no one's talking about. They're doing press conferences now after they, they, they can be good. If you know someone doesn't uh have a you know hold dog a grudge. there. Yeah. Yeah, a dog there. Yeah, let's let's put it that way. <laughs> I think maybe maybe Punk just thought it was group therapy or something. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to all out. Okay, but even before we start, do you guys have all out or clash of cart or clash of castle? Which would you what do you think was the better show? Clash of Castle is a better clash. show. It was shorter, tighter. Um, Dude, we're all going to get shit on this for be you know, and people are going to call us WWE marks. But like, if you just went into the weekend with these shows on paper, and you saw one had fourteen matches, (laughs) and the other had like six or seven, you you could probably edit all out to be a good match. But instead, you got the Justice League uh, Zack Snyder cut of a pay per view. (laughs) Um, I, it was and uh, yeah man. my two favorite matches are from this show but i still think uh cardiff was a better show no my I, favorite I match think... the weekends from all out well, you know yeah. what it is too yeah is yeah that. same yeah. my favorite show was my favorite match was dynamite uh but we'll, we'll get into well wait well the, well we, no i'm I, talking also, we're talking about, i will i will caveat that because we're not covering worlds collide but that ricochet I, that uh, was my favorite match oh that was unbelievable games. man I, yeah i i loved that match Oh no, guys! Come on! I sorry. I, I, the best, to... the best match of the week: Wardlow versus Tony Nice, and then Wardlow talking about reading the internet. 
No, the, the best. First of all, best best match of the week. Uh, you know, all due respect, was they showed the clip of uh, of of Brett versus Bulldog. Uh, you know, you, you, I don't know if you're aware of this. Bulldog was actually dead during that match. Wait, can I actually say this though? Because they aired that right before the Intercontinental Title yeah. match, which I get it because it's for the Intercontinental Title. But it made me want to match. It made me want to watch a Bret Hart match. And so there was like a little bit, like I wanted a little bit more performance cut, out of Walter. Cut to a, a knock on Scott so Stewart, just Brett holding all his DVDs. <laughs> Brett's like, Brett's like, every oh, Brett. time I hear someone, I show up. <laughs> Brett's upset. He's like, wait, you said only one match? You know, you know, I have a pantheon of great matches. <laughs> and by yeah. the way, the best match of the week was MJF versus his own shirt. Uh, oh, I let's, love get, that. let's get to the all-out review. Man, this opening match sucked. It was a casino ladder match. I mean, I just think casino ladder matches and money in the bank ladder matches have kind of ruined ladder matches for me. They were my favorite match. I think the ladders have ruined them. I don't know. I, I used, I mean, come on, Sean and Razor and you know, Eddie had so many good, you know, used so differently though. So differently. I, I know, anyone... I know. That's what I mean. The old the old ladder oh, match. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. The last great ladder match, this was like a couple of years ago. It was like Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy, and AJ. Um, but there hasn't really been a good one since then. No, 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 no. Sammy versus Cody was bonkers. Oh, that was really good too. I totally forgot about that. To anyone that's complaining about us not talking about the pre-show, we are starting at hour one, not zero hour. Hey, wait, though. Did you see Eddie Kingston versus uh, Ishii? It was great. No, I didn't get to see it. No, oh, I man, liked it disturbing. better as Seamus and Walter. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it good? Is it good oh, it's as... great, man. Yeah, well, you know, it's Ishii looks like he gets really hurt, like like a, like a, like a vein bursted. It's weird. It's weird. You should watch it. Yeah, well, I heard his selling is. I also heard he's like one of the easiest guys to wrestle, uh, which seems crazy because his matches seem brutal. But you know what? Also, it's funny is that All Out itself was a pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. All right. Well, th this whole casino ladder match. I mean, there was just it was just a bunch of spots. Cesaro, like they had this weird spot where Cesaro had to tip somebody over on a contraption of ladders. The ending of the match is a new stable, I guess. I guess it's a new stable. Uh, who came out dressed in black. It's Stokely, uh, Stokely Hathaway stable. It was Morrissey, uh, the Gun Club, Ethan Page, uh, Lee Johnson. They came uh, no, out. Lee Moriarty, right? Yeah, Lee, yeah. Lee yeah. Moriarty. Sorry, who was fucking Ross. great on on uh, Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah, he was man. doing the Chris Tucker. It, it, anyway, they 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 came in dressed in black. They uh, they they beat up everybody. They held the the ladder for Stokely, who grabs the uh, the casino chip, and then the Joker, who we'll find out later is MJF, comes out, takes the chip. Total wet fart of a match. Um. I, I just don't think I think Tony thought that like, ooh, like people were gonna wonder who the Joker is when we knew it was MJF and we knew that that well, the was horns the were a dead giveaway. It was it, I mean, it, it was just I mean, this was just a mess. Scott, what, what do you think of this match? Yeah, I was excited for it, obviously, at first. And then and then Roos showed up and and he didn't do anything. 
And then he just waited. He just waited for Andrade to come. He like set up a ladder and then Andrade gets in, right? And there's a ladder already set up for him. And Andrade just stares at him. And then Andrade sets up another ladder. But there was already a ladder set up by Roosh. So what the fuck is anybody doing, right? But instead of going cut, you can't do it, right? Because it's live. So you're just going, God damn it, I hate pro wrestling. That's what this <laughs> felt like. And I blame Roosh. I hated so much of this. And then I, I look, I, I loved uh, Dante Martin in it. I loved Utah in it. There was moments Phoenix was phenomenal in it. But there was just too many botches. I really, really blame Andrade and Roosh for for most of them, if not all of them. And then the ending was, you know what? It was interesting enough, even though we didn't know. Well, we knew I mean, where it was if going. If WWE just... that ending, they would have shit all over it. They sure, kind of sure. With that Brock money in the bank when he won with the Beast in the even though Beast in the Bank was fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, not I didn't I I, I didn't like uh, this match, no. Yeah, uh, I liked Robert, moments in it, much, obviously, but Robert, how, how much did you hate this match? Um well I, I mean, you know, as as the big Roosh fan on this uh in, in this comp in this uh podcast, because I think he's just a great guy, real professional, loved working with him. Super talented, uh, never a lazy piece of shit who did exactly what Scott said and just phoned it in uh, on pay-per-view. The the fact that you, you're you waiting for this match, because all it is is you're just sitting there waiting for the Joker. And their whole, like, oh, the match could end at any time. Bullshit. No, it ends when the Joker By shows up. By the way, up that's also spent. how I feel about the Dark Knight. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're sitting there waiting for who's it's it going to be. It's time for Autism Corner with Michael. <laughs> and... You get a worse version of Retribution who come out there. And all I thought as soon as I saw this group was, please don't let this be Max part of this bullshit. Like he leaves the pinnacle, which already was not great, but was okay to then be like the leader of the job squad. And yeah, the Joker comes out in this mystery mask. And then he he wipes his feet on the on the uh, ring apron the way that MJF does. And he's also short and definitely super Jewy. And I'm like, well, there's no suspense or surprise here whatsoever. And he just leaves. Uh, it it's uh, the, the highlight of this was when they pulled the hood off and Morrissey like had like his watery eyes like he's about to cry and didn't know where he was. He's the best at looking completely disoriented and lost at life. <laughs> um, this whole group sucks. They they the gun club had potential. I, this this thing is just fucking. This is like this is. Wait this. wait 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 wait. But is this like we're not a- acting like we saw dynamite because they were cool on dynamite. They were they were they they course corrected on dynamite. But it also goes to what I said about dynamite last week, which was that four way match that they gave with Dante and Yuta and Phoenix wherever was going to be better than the ladder yeah, match, was, and it was man. better than the ladder match. Look, oh, man, it was you, just I'm nice sorry. to see uh, a, a group of heels beat up a production assistant and not get suspended this week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So this was, I mean, yeah, like. Oh, you knew that PA was a point. Like he was in way too good a shape to be working in television. Yeah, Morrissey. Morrissey is seven foot tall and uncomfortable, and you can't teach that. <laughs> he's so terrible, man. Like, no it, way. Not, I kind of liked him, but yeah, uh, I like Morrissey, man. He just like he just he just looks like he doesn't know where his cue is, like at all times. Should I be standing here over there? <laughs> Dude, this was, I mean, look, man, like, the thing that disappointed me the most about this match was Phoenix and Penta losing and realizing they would never be champions of any kind anytime soon. Um, But no, this was, dude, this was a mess. 
I I don't know why you would not have flipped the first two matches. I would have started on the trios match and done this. You know, like a championship is going to be awarded for the first time. Here's the elite, like because it, it the whole thing of this was just screwy like storyline stuff. Just put it fucking second or third, and you know, it's harder to judge this now after watching Wednesday, but but the truth is there was no connection between MJF and Stokely. I don't know why it couldn't have just been MJF who who took the opportunity and got the thing himself. Yeah, it's a little weird. Um agree right. other than it's like, oh, he doesn't have to fight at all. Oh, no, I, mean, love, I love I hope they like, just and what it seems like as of Wednesday, it's just he kind of paid them off like he pays people off and now maybe they're not involved, who knows. Hopefully cuz yeah, oh. I don't I don't want him uh like Sean Spears is sitting at home crying right now, right? And and, and it and it historically, <laughs> you know, reminds us of the uh the great um union between blacks and Jews, you know, seeing MJF and Stokely reminded me, oh yeah, Bernie was there with MLK. Rio's <laughs> tag title match Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the Dark Order and Adam Hangman Page um there was some real I mean like you know there was a nice moment when Hangman and Omega stared off I mean I think the problem with this match is that there were better trios matches beforehand I mean the, the problem with this match is the scrum man I mean like we like even talking about it now there's no reason to talk about it because all these guys got suspended the next night they they put the trios titles on a completely different team that w- lost the tournament and you know the story they're telling with Dark Order and Hangman that Hangman kind of cost Dark Order I'm like is that going to really pay off I don't see it paying off I mean I thought the, the fact word- that Terry Funk gave Adam Page all this advice about how to have a trios match and he didn't listen is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, Mike, what do you think of this? Is there, is there really anything to add with this match? I mean, Mike, what no, you- no, and I mean, I feel like since we're talking about so much, we'll speed through Dynamite. I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure in a real life logistic way, I know why, but kayfabe-wise, I don't know why United Empire didn't wrestle you know, for for the trios title. Oh, I mean, yeah, but you, I mean, you know, come on. But that's like which, a, that's they didn't explain it. He's in but Japan. They should explain it. They but what's say... astonishing was like a week ago when we were recap, we were talking about this show and previewing it, and I said the United Empire uh, Osprey match is infinitely better than what we're going to get, and the match at the pay per view is going to basically be if Hangman's in there, it's going to be fun. When he's not in there, it's going to be some goofy comedy spots. And for the most part, it was goofy comedy spots. I know, Scott, you love the one John Silver, one-winged angel. Well, no, it wasn't just the one John Silver moment. I will actually argue and say, if you think they were doing the comedy spots, you weren't watching the match. They, they, they weren't the doing The story of the match was they were kicking ass, and Hangman was like getting in the way of these two guys actually doing a hell of a job. And I thought I thought Johnny Hungry was the best part of the match. And it was that was the intention. I mean, I think all five other guys were like, he's obviously gonna be the breakout guy in this match. And th- that that omit the one winged angel, uh the one winged angel roll up from Johnny Hungry. That's like that was the the most like I felt like a wrestling fan of the weekend where I was like, holy shit. And I jumped yeah, up from my seat. Cool. Where it like okay. felt like pro wrestling was happening. Okay, first off, it's Hungy. That's my autistic <laughs> moment of the week. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get that and sponsored? Second, and second off, 
you know, they said that the Dark Order couldn't uh, re-challenge for the trios titles because Uno and, and Preston are injured. I was like, you know, isn't there another guy that's in there? Isn't Colt Cabana? I know, right? The Dark Order? Uh, well, what, let's get to the West said about a, the better match. Athena versus Jade for the TBS title. Uh, Man. I mean, is there anything yeah. you guys got to say about this? I match? mean, I got to check on this, but this was somehow Jade's shortest match when it should have been her longest. Yeah, it was like five minutes. Yeah, yeah it was like there was opponent. like three planned spots in it, and then it ended. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of it. I uh, yeah, not at all. I felt. I thought terrible. Athena should have looked stronger. It was odd yeah. to me. She's like, she's so far maybe the best female that's shown up in the company. I think Ru- Ruby's a little better than Athena, sure, just in terms sure. of because Athena's but had some sloppier stuff, and well, also Ruby doesn't come out wearing. But, yeah, but Ruby doesn't come out wearing those wings. Yeah. Those, those wings are just so stupid. Um, but yeah, Jade is uh not very good. Uh, and you need to keep her, her stuff short, and you put her in there with a really talented performer, and they didn't get a lot out of it. Like, it looked like somebody legitimately got hurt, and that's why they cut it short. That wasn't the case, but it uh, it it didn't add anything. I think if you would have cut this match, I don't think the crowd would have been too upset. Mike, anything to say about this one? G-Hulk, hubba hubba. Let's <laughs> yeah, move on. I, I, hey, I love uh, being a one-person audience being pandered to. Um, yeah, it was fun, but th- this should have been on TV. Uh, this should have this been on Rampage. Like, you had a live crowd. Like, yeah. you know, when we saw that there were 11 matches, and it's like, fuck. This was one of those, because even, you know, and there's two other short matches on this, you know, but to say it now to speed through, it's like, you still have to fucking reset the audience, have the package, the entrances, and all of that. It just adds time that doesn't need to be there. And it's like when we're comparing, you know, Clash at the Castle to this, this had filler. This being one of the filler spots, that did not feel like it had filler. Next up, uh, <laughs> continuing our run of filler spots. Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Oof. Guns versus FTR and Wardlow. What did you think of this, Mike? Hated it. Um, <laughs> nah, this sucked. They had no reason on the card. I feel bad for FTR. There's no reason. Oh, like T- Tony rebooking the childhood he never had. Dude, this was just bad. I mean, and and like, yeah, everyone worked hard, and it, it was fine as a match. But this was one of those. I'm like, 17 fucking minutes for this, like. This easily could have been taken out, and um, I don't know what's going on personally with FTR and how it relates to all this backstage shit, but these guys are getting punished, too, and it's fucking stupid. Something tells just... me that's going to end very soon. Yeah, because you're just punishing the audience. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, apparently six wrestlers have asked for their release, like Alistair Black, Thunder Rosa. I heard buddy. Well, apparently the Thunder Rosa thing isn't true, but I, I've heard four wrestlers have asked for their releases. Yeah. Uh F- FTR, Black, Buddy Murphy. I don't know who else. Oh Hunter's eating good. 
R- Ricky Starks for Dan just says things he reads in comments. I I haven't seen or read yeah, this. Yeah, we, we the only one we saw was that he was, reads uh, like Reddit black. comments and thinks it's like real. Right. No, but, I, I te- I'm telling you. Oh, okay. First off, Scott, are we going to talk about sources on this episode? <laughs> Your okay. source is my source. Hold on. I think the most important it's thing the about same this dog shit source. Like, Mike wants to shit on the six man tag, <laughs> but but keep in mind, Mike, like this six man tag directly impacted so many things that happened on Dynamite. Jay Lethal's promo, the Motor Shitty Machine Guns appearance. I mean, this was a game change. Suttonham Singh getting revenge. Oh, wait, no, this is a completely forgotten Dude, match. You wouldn't this have is why they're not in the video game. Claudio without this match. All right. Well, oh, that's guys, true. Let's move on to probably the Hey, most- wait, I didn't get to compliment the match. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, it was too long, but I thought it was either. a great vehicle for Wardlow. I thought he did. A, I mean, everybody knocked it out of the park in the match, it, especially Wardlow. He was a uh, killer. No, he read the, the internet comments was... after. <laughs> you know, you know, I've been listening a lot on the internet, and someone said I had a good match. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it was uh, yeah. I just I I thought it was like a genuinely a hell of a match that just went too long, and again. Should have been on Rampage, and again, probably shouldn't have happened at all. No, no, should have been on Impact. Scott, let's keep on. <laughs> but it was you. very good. It was very good. Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah. I, uh, I, I guess that's the store. What I don't know. I, I guess didn't the like, story, I didn't did, like did, did Ricky Starks fail a piss test five minutes before this match? Like, I mean, is that you what, know what it reminds here? me of? Remember, like Matt Hardy's thing was. He was so angry with Edge that he ran out and started like wailing on him in their match, and then he gets like busted open quickly because he's being reckless and then loses. Yes, this is what that kind of felt like, where it was like Ricky is so angry that boom, out of nowhere, he takes this giant move that you know will kill him. And now the next time they meet, uh, you're gonna see him have to avoid this, do this and that, do this and that. The only problem is we all wanted to see at the very least them have a match and it felt like we didn't get that. So what the hell? Like you only have four pay-per-views. So maybe like have payoffs at, at them. I, I look, I, I think powerhouse Hobbs is the bigger star than Ricky Starks, which a lot of what? Yeah, maybe you're right. Dude, it, it, it goes either way. There's, they're both. So, uh, I, mean, I just think you should say, kiss my black ass more. That would be kind of fun. Um, thanks Bill but... Watts. <laughs> It was just real weird for the story they were telling. Also, like Starks was wearing AJ Styles gear and looked odd. Um, I don't know. Robert, uh, Mike, what do you have to add to this? Okay, well, first off, Bill Watts wouldn't say black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> second off, I mean, this was disappointing. You know, when we were previewing this, like on my last special guest rare appearance, um, I thought that uh, this was one of the things I was most excited about. The- the fact that Ricky main evented with QT on Rampage and that match lasted longer than this. it the, This was just short. And I mean, I don't get it, man. Like, this really was one of the only things that had heat and a story and a clear heel and baby. And they just fucking short shrifted it. And I, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me when fucking lethal and the machine guns and whatever get 17 minutes and this gets four and a half it may it's just a head scratcher this this sucked so so to be clear you you turn ricky stark's baby face you give him 
quality wins on TV. You give him promos to get the audience behind him. You have him talk about quality his win. neck, his neck, Dan, his neck. They went after his neck, and then this happened. This was so fucking terrible that you like, and the, it, it didn't even exist on Dynamite. Like you, you I, it could have been the finish of this. Could have been that he, you know, Hobbs hurt his neck again or something like. Or, or a DQ or something, but it made Ricky, like Ricky Starks is dead in the water at this point since he had the big challenge. He lost clean in very short amount of time with all the emotional momentum and then was a complete ghost on Dynamite. Yeah, well, this was a night I really thought that they were going to make him and Jungle Boy. And, well, you know. No, they did the opposite of that. But a match that exceeded everybody's expectations. A lot of people think it was the match of the week to the point of where Seth Rollins, and it seems like even it seems like John Cena was complimenting it, right? By posting of that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The acclaimed versus Swerve in our glory. Uh yeah, I mean, it was just a it was just a great tag match. Um, I, I don't think I was as into it as you guys were, but hell of a match, man. And you know, it's really the one program in AEW that's got real heat on it. Like, people want to see the acclaimed win in New York. What did you think of this, Scott? Yeah, I love this. This is my match of the weekend. And Robert? again, yeah, I, I, I think part of it was nobody really expected this much pandemonium around the match. Where the crowd just snapped. I mean, people. Do you went think Billy nuts. Gunn is one of the top five most over guys in wrestling right now? Look, I'll, I'll say this. Even on Wednesday, that segment, like when Billy Gunn grabbed the mic and it worked out as well as it. it this is crazy. This is foolproof. This gimmick. I don't know what's happening. But yeah, part of me like, is like, do you put the trios titles on those guys? Oh, that's funny. You know, no, those titles are cursed. You don't want to do that to these guys. Like, <laughs> not even Dan Housen can overcome those Robert, titles. Was but this your match of the weekend? This was my match of the weekend. This was the the closest you're coming to the Attitude Era coming back. This is a super over catchphrase. the The scissor me stuff is bonkers, and how goofy it is, and yet how over it is. Like Billy Gunn in 2022 is a white hot act which is hilarious and insane and part of like the fun of a Vince Russo era. All the he four... does is look big and does the scissor. Right. Which is all you ass. need to get over with Vince. But the, the, the four <laughs> of these guys had a fantastic match. The crowd was living and dying by it. It was a subtle heel turn by, by Swerve in our glory. Everybody came out of it looking better. You wanted to see the rematch, even though it, it doesn't make sense based on the ranking system, because obviously the acclaim were they were number one, right, Mike? They were number one, and then they, they now would need to move down because they lost. But no, 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 no. FTR rematch. has been number one the whole summer. No, no, they're not in the video game. They don't count. And the acclaim <laughs> might not be in the video game, so they don't count, which means it's going to be Butcher and the Blade. They uh, have been removed from the video game, the acclaimed. It was announced. Uh, day after this great match, <laughs> they got scissored out of the game. Uh, but this was just a <laughs> super company, man. I mean, it is it is a comedy of errors the past six months compared to where they used to be. It's yeah, great. this is this is my this is the happiest I've been watching wrestling is watching these guys oh, follow. Like geez. you get these guys all over in this match, and it's like in spite of what they're doing. This is all them. These four, there's no egos. They're working hard. It's great, and and it paid off, and it was the most fun match on a show that this had no right being match of the show, and it was definitely match the show. Mike? Yeah, I mean, dude, this is so fucking fun, and 
this was a tag match that was wrestled like a tag match, which does not happen in this company a lot because a lot of their tag matches are wrestled like trios <laughs> matches, but the tags mattered. There was one dive in a 23-minute match. Like, the fucking, you know, simple is always going to work in wrestling. And Caster slamming Lee, you know, that, that Cena shared and all of that. It was just so fucking fun. Him calling Lee Lizzo made me laugh. Like, and 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 Lee and Swerve, uh, even you know who who had a great performance in the scrum, <laughs> who they went on right after, and they did really well for the chaos that was there, you know. And they talked about it in the scrum, but like, you know, it did feel like a thrown together, you know, baby face, baby face kind of match, and they adapted to their roles as okay, we are clearly the heels here. Let's have fucking fun. Um, I look, I've always been against the rankings because one, they, they never made sense. And two, wrestling is about emotion and about giving people what they want. And so, yeah, the acclaim losing here, I, I, I do think they should have won, but the fact that they lost here and then they're like, you know what? Fuck, let's do this again. It doesn't matter is how wrestling should be like people are fucking into this seize the moment i i do think they should win at arthur ash i mean the yeah, fact I think, they I, I think they will if they don't have them go over to arthur ash that is so well stupid. and they're planting it perfectly anyway you know it's yeah. like keith and swerve aren't in agreement you know that's why swerve came out on wednesday by himself yeah uh, they don't even have the tandem sense. music they just have yeah their own individual which is fine and but... then look i'm telling you either at full gear or before that i do think FTR will be, unless they're released, will be winning the titles from the acclaimed. And I think even that will make the acclaimed look really good. And this is part yeah. of why, like, what is exciting about wrestling, and and, and I, I'm glad we're giving them their moment here because, you know, people are talking about this person overshadowed and that person. And I really do feel in some ways these guys were because you have the acclaimed. They came on, you know, this company like two years ago in the pandemic era, homegrown guys. And the fact that like they can be this new and have match of the night and that this was, yeah, this was the best that Swerve and Lee have been. I mean, this, this was, I, I think this and the Seamus Walter match were my two favorites for similar reasons in that the crowd both fucking loved them and they made them matter so much more. I, I thought that this was just really fuck, And it was, it was fun. Like, and the scissor me daddy, I, like, I don't think any of us would wear that shirt. I get why they're making a shirt and it'd be a fun thing to wear at wrestling events, but it's, it's fucking over. It does it make sense. I don't know, but it's fucking over. And I can't wait until it ends with, them coming out to you know fight Arn and Brock and Sid comes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like the easiest way for them to break up is that you know the Max Caster goes in for the scissor and then Bowens just shows Rock and then he hits him with a chair or something like that. Or maybe that's lame. Um, <laughs> but I'll be honest, like like the whole reason why I wanted to cover the pay-per-views before getting into the scrum was this match. I wanted it to kind of get that moment of we get to talk about it and put it over at, as opposed to just talking about, you know, the 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 end of our American cousin. Well, guys, <laughs> luckily, we're almost at the end of this pay-per-view. Oh, no, wait, there's five more matches. Oh, uh, fuck you. 
four-way uh, women's match. Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter versus Hikaru Shida. This was okay. I mean, this entire match was like the problem with the division where it's like Tony went over and it didn't feel like the right time for her to get over. It felt like Jamie was the biggest star, but that also came out of nowhere because she, was ne- she wasn't really getting cheered like that until this event. I just was like, ah, oh, man, get- after this match, I was like, the work was fine, but I was like, dude, this division needs to get its shit together. Um, what did you think of this, Scott? Uh, I actually think the right person did win uh, out of who we have to pick from. And other, you know, that's really all I have to say about that. <laughs> I, I thought there were some, you know, cool moments. I, I did not think it was a bad match at all. So it was a good match that happened. Mike, Robert? Uh, yeah, the, the, the story going into it was that it was going to be Tony Storm's uh, time. The crowd wanted it to be Jamie Hayter. It should have been Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter's peaking at the right time with that audience. And you could have done the... Randy Orton evolution moment on dynamite with Brit doing a celebration for Jamie and then her and, and rebel attacking her and boom, you've got a great feud going forward. But instead it's like, you know, now we, we have to go with Tony storm. Let them go with Tony storm. And that's what we got. And the crowd wasn't happy. Hey, uh, uncharismatic Tony stick together. <laughs> Next up. Uh, although this is a match, it really was much more of an angle. Jungle Boy versus Christian. Best Christian match of the year. <laughs> this I, was I terrible, mean, man. This I was really weird. thought, I mean, it would be so fun. Here, the one thing that I think would have saved it is if Christian grabbed either Jungle Boy's mom or sister and started making out with her. But besides <laughs> that, like, I mean, this was just, we kind of knew Lugasaurus was going to turn. Christian is apparently now out for eight or nine months. So they can't even do this angle anymore. And even then, who knows? I mean, the guy's been kind of injury. Pr- He's an older guy. Um, Mike, what did you, th- you started to go in on it. What did you think? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, he's going to be out for eight to nine months. Um, yeah. This was terrible, man, because especially with Wednesday where Jungle Boy was like, you're injured and this and that. It's like, but kayfabe wise, Jungle Boy is the one who got squashed. Christian didn't get hit at all. So we didn't see him get injured. We saw Jungle Boy get injured. Jungle Boy got beat down. He completely looked fine on Wednesday. I'm always going to be a proponent of wanting to see people bandaged and shit after pay-per-views. People like limping and and like just fucking selling the matches because there's none of it. Um, And yeah, it's like the Luchasaurus thing of he was good then he was bad and he's good and he's bad again like i just don't care like i really feel like if you were knowing that christian was injured have jungle boy fucking obliterate him and get a white hot baby face moment have him overcome luchasaurus and fucking pin you know like and he can he can squirrely get away from luchasaurus who's on the ramp or whatever and pin christian in the ring and you could continue that but like this just yeah. did nothing i really like i said i thought this could have been a night for ricky and jungle boy to both be much bigger stars and i think this hurt jungle boy even more than that hurt ricky uh anything to add mr Carpolis? uh no scott 
No, hell of a choke slam. But if the guy's hurt, don't have the match, or again, you know, hit Christian's music and then have Christian be dragged out by Jungle Boy and Jungle Boy just concertos him and it's like, sorry guys, fuck this guy. He doesn't get to have a match with me. He said he was glad my dad is dead. So I'm actually I just I'm gonna kill him in front of everybody. And, and people would have went nuts. People would have liked it. He came out as Jungle Boy when he said he was gonna be Jack Perry. Yeah, yeah. Fucking false advertising. <laughs> you should get a refund. Yeah. Dan gone. He's supposed to be pitching the next match. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I uh, I'm peeing while I do this. I apologize. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> sorry. I was almost going to. To be fair, hand. that was the piss break match. So you're. <laughs> <laughs> I had to try. I had to try. I almost pissed my pants. All right. Next match. Uh, a match that I kind of found underwhelming. Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson. Scott, what did you think? Uh, yeah. If you're the pro wrestler, don't have a pop star sing your entrance uh, on your way out. Just be a pro wrestler and come out. Uh, you know, it, it was kind of slow. I feel like Danielson had to go at a Jericho pace, a pace, pace. And uh, and so it wasn't as great as it could have been. And the crowd really, at least from where I was watching at home, did not seem to care. It, it felt like this was the time to check out for them, which is insane because it's Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson. Mike? Yeah, I mean, the Lionheart, all, all this fucking dumb shit. It's like, you look at the MJF Darby thing of like, I'm going to beat you with a wrist lock because I can, right? Like, he should have, you know, done sports entertainment shit. He didn't. Um, Daniel's uh, singer um, has a better body than most of the roster, which is fucking weird. He's got more muscles than 80% of the people in this company. <laughs> and yeah, that song, like, I loved it because it's a one minute long song and it ended and then they just went on a loop and he just sang the same part again. <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Scott. Like, yeah, if you're the fucking wrestler, yeah, don't have a goofy entertainment entrance. Uh, and I like, I, I really, I mean, like, I'd say I'd love, you know, Brian's work, the you know, in AEW, but at the same time, I miss his character shit. I him just having good matches, I feel like he can be doing more. I I love the the yes movement shit. I love uh you know the stuff with Kane. I love the fucking vegan belt. <laughs> you know, he still had great fucking matches, but he also had entertaining promos and all that. Him is just this I'm gonna kick your head in guy is kind of boring. I mean the matches are great, but I feel like he could be more entertaining. I think what they need to do and the direction they're clearly going is Moxley MJF for full gear. But I really think that it needs to be Brian Danielson and MJF. Yeah, MJ, MJF yeah. killing the, the biggest baby face in wrestling since Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, and it's it, like, how do you like, how do you outsmart the best wrestler in the world? Like, you know, that that being part of the storyline where it's like, the devil himself is actually faced with his biggest opponent, the guy who actually knows how to win a wrestling match the best, uh, even though he loses all of them lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that doesn't uh, need to be the story for sure. Yeah. I want to, I want to see a feud between the two guys Jericho beat at the last two all outs. <laughs> God Jer damn it. Jericho. I mean, uh, Robert, what did you think of this match? Uh, 
there's a reason Lionheart, Chris Jericho, and Brian Danielson weren't big stars in the WWE, but you know, but why 2J and Daniel Bryan were. This was lesser versions of two really talented guys who it's a lot of self-indulgent shit that they wanted to go do for themselves. And the crowd kind of responded with a, this is not really what we want to see. And it, it, it went long. It, it felt indulgent and it was a weird finish. Like Danielson doesn't need to be losing to Jericho. Um, and the fact that Daniel Garcia was not involved in this match at all, when he was the, the, the crux of this story was really weird. Like I thought for sure he was going to be out. I, I mean, I thought he was going to turn fully and help Jericho, but for him not even to be a presence in the match whatsoever. Well, he was. He he was he was watching. They would cut to him watching back. He was watching in the was, back. I'm saying, but then he was out, sad but, when Jericho cheated to win. They yeah, but who can't? That, that's that, that's not you know that that's not worth the amount that they put into this match, and that was your your payoff. It was kind of it was weird. Um, yeah. Yeah, All I hope right. Danielson gets his win next week, man. If Jericho, I mean, at the very least, we're getting Moxley Danielson at Grand Slam, right? Or it Danielson Sammy. Jericho Moxley. It could be. It could be. It could be. Jericho, uh, Sammy, it's Jericho Sammy. It's Jericho Sammy. Is it, is it, is it like Jericho Sammy? <laughs> I, I think it should be. I think it should be uh, Danielson and Darby. I think that's the most interesting match. Oh, but I just well, like that Moxley is a scrappy fighting champion that just keeps getting buys in tournaments. Yeah, no, it's going to be Danielson Mox said. Yeah, it's going to be Danielson Mox and Mox is probably going over. Well, I hope it's Danielson though. I hope it's Danielson too. All right, next up in our matches, in our section of matches, uh, less said, less said the better matches. Miro, Darby Allen, and Papa Steve versus the House of Black. Um, My big note from this was well, Malachi Black's back to being Alistair Black. We'll see him at the Royal Rumble. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was, you know, it was just get these guys on the card. And, you know, the the, the team that I didn't think was going to win won. But that's because, you know, House of Black will probably be no more. They're going to have to do new creative for Brody King. Scott, any any thoughts? Yeah, I was just thinking about Malachi the whole time, you know. And then I guess, yeah, when this ended, he bowed and blew a kiss at the crowd. Again, you know, should happen on Rampage. Maybe on a night where you're having your first trios champion, don't have two others trios matches. <laughs> but just... again, they always have, tri- I mean, they always have, I feel like, at least two trios matches every pay-per-view. Yeah, I didn't realize I go to the bathroom that much. Uh, there was, there was, there was, th- wasn't there three? Yeah, there was three. There, on was. One, there yeah. were three. Yeah, yeah. But can you can you just imagine being Miro, going to Dynamite on Wednesday? Kenny's out. The Bucks are out. Punk's out. Good news, Miro. You're not on the show. Good news. We're yeah. doing a tournament for the world title. You're not part of that tournament. Uh, maybe we'll give you a promo on Rampage. Like this dude. It, like, why, Tony just hates him. Like he, like he brought him in there just to fuck with him. Like it's classic yeah. Vince, and I love it. Um, that must be like the. I mean, he must be one of the guys who asked for his release. That's the only gotta thing I can think begging. of. Like, what I thought, the fuck are we I doing? Thought for sure, and I thought he'd be happy because I know he like he's allowed to do what he wants. He's been recording stuff and whatever. Well, the hell, they did a but, great uh, job with him at some point. You know, the Kip Sabian. Oh stuff God, up. yeah. But then you know, I mean, the problem is, is that Tony doesn't seem like he knows how to evolve these characters you know like and that's that's obviously yeah, that, a that, and that's the key nobody 
came out of this looking good. And I thought maybe this I is where they were going to, I thought this is maybe where Miro was I'm out of this match. I'm like, I thought maybe this is where Miro was going to get Lana. And instead it's where Alistair is getting Zelina Vega back. So <laughs> good for hey, them, man. Uh, you know, like it, it's gotta be, like I said before, imagine having to hang out with Tony Khan while he plays video games. And you know, you have Zelina Vega at home playing video games. All right. Our main event. Yeah, I know it was a little weird, Robert. Yeah, it you guys can't you guys can't see this, but Robert makes all these noises whenever faces whenever I bomb. <laughs> he, he like yeah, he goes like he does like a double take, like, and I'm like, your camera's on. Yeah, main main, main event. John That's Oxley. why I leave my camera off. <laughs> you leave it been peeing for the last hour. Yeah, you could you could so you could play with a sentinel. Don't pretend. <laughs> uh, main event. Uh, John Moxley versus CM Punk. Um, the, my note for there's a good match. The whole the crowd was the MVP for this. The post match shit didn't matter because of the um, post post match shit mattered because you know the press got because of the press conference. This felt like the semi main. The scrum was the main event. This was the semi main. Um, but you know they did a good job. I th- I actually thought the story they told the last couple weeks. Of Punk's injury, although I think it was on steroids and way too, and moved way too quickly. Uh, I thought the story was was good. Uh, not what happens when you're on steroids, but yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know, man. What did you think of this match, Robert? I, in a bubble, it was fine. Um, I don't think it was great. It was one that was kind of like Roman and Drew. Like the crowd was making this match more than the guys were making the match it made no sense that punk was suddenly magically healed and able to beat Moxley. Uh, the, the reveal of MJF and then Chicago going crazy and chanting MJF at the end was so compelling. It's like, I can't wait to see where this is going. You know what? Maybe I, maybe I was wrong that depriving the audience of MJF for three months to the detriment of your entire promotion was, you know, maybe, maybe you're going to turn the corner on this. We're going to get something interesting. Punk and MJF can put something good together. Having Punk's crowd chant for Max like he's the conquering hero. There's a lot of meat on the bone. This could be fun. Oh, wait, this was a total fucking waste of time and hurt everyone. Cool. Mike and Scott? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, I mean. Should we judge it as Punk's last match? We have this little to say about an AEW main event. No, look, I I really, look, the crowd was insane for this match. I really loved the ending. I liked Mox being knocked out and Punk lifting him up. I thought it was cool. It made sense at the time. And I thought the MJF reveal, even though I didn't like the the ladder match earlier, I thought it was really cool. I liked the voicemail. It felt like wrestling to me, and it was fun. And so I had fun with it. And I thought the, you know, the reveal of the... um, the scarf going over the, you know, the neck. It was just all a blast. I thought it was really cool. I mean, um, I I will say that uh, Tony Khan on voicemail, uh, better than Tony Khan reading from a teleprompter. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that hostage video from Dynamite, but. I mean, geez, God. we're an hour and a half. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm about to say. We're we haven't even talked about the scrum. Yeah, we're going to talk about the scrum right now, but but just real quick, Mike, how many Scotty Meltzer flaming bowling pins? I go, I go three and a half. I thought this was better than double or nothing. Um, it was, it it did not, 
it had more filler matches in some way, or just like quick matches, but like it uh it wasn't as long. Um I thought the main event was, you know, decent. I, I'm just over Moxley. Um I'm just done with them. Um, but and and now I'm being told I have to be done with punk. So <laughs> it's it's tough. I watched yeah, I didn't watch this live. I, I watched it after the scrum, so it's hard to watch it like and not think about that stuff. And um yeah. yeah, I go three and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna do three and a quarter, and that has everything to do do with the swerve and acclaim match, really. That that's that's why it's not in the two star range for me. Um, I mean the two flaming bowling pin range main range for me. If you guys are new to the show, Scotty Meltzer is Dave Meltzer's shoot brother, who is a corporate juggling magician. And so we do flaming bowling pins instead of stars. Scott, how many uh, flaming bowling pins? Ooh, uh, four, maybe four, I guess. Uh, 3.75. I thought the trios match was unbelievable. I thought the tag match was match of the weekend. And the MJF reveal was fun. It was a lot of fun. Robert? So, uh, I would say three um it, this felt like more of a chore than it should have for an AEW pay-per-view and i and i watched it after the fact but didn't know about the scrum so i was judging it based solely on that it, outside i mean i love the acclaim match i thought that was a blast the trios tag title match was was fun but a lot of it was very skippable and and that's kind of a shame when you consider they only do four of these a year and you're charging a, a high price for it it should have been better than it was i would say three and and hopefully we don't have to watch it again and forget we watched it and then re-review it not that we'd ever do that again (laughs) well something that uh we will all be watching again the all elite wrestling media scrum for all finally something i could sink my teeth into (laughs) (laughs) all at 2023 i i don't know the best i mean i feel like everyone who listens to us already knows the the particulars but i'll just briefly go through it cm punk came out there clearly had an axe to grind uh, uh immediately and a up- muffin to eat and a muffin to eat <laughs> and, and a spindrift to drink <laughs> uh, he, he, he went right for nick nick houseman friend of the show from wrestle inc i guess nick used to do improv with colt which i didn't know um so cm punk's which we didn't we haven't really talked about this but CM Punk Punk's first pipe bomb moment was a total fucking bomb. Like he just was like, "Oh, you're still in his improv group, right?" And he goes, "No, well, you're still friends with him, right?" He's and like, "Me and Cold, me and Scott don't see eye to eye." And then Punk is like, "You're really." He even said, "He's like, you're really messing this up." He said something along the lines of like, "Well, anyway, I still need to get to this speech about fuck the press. You shouldn't be friends with people and then you know take their sides, which Nick didn't do." <laughs> yeah, Nick. But he had an he had a clear. story. To tell. I am not friends with Dude, it's like a co- You know when you okay, I mean you guys know when you go on stage and it's like, how do I bring up this topic? You know, so you see someone in the crowd and you're like, Oh, you're you're uh you're from uh Florida, and then the person goes, No, I'm not. And you're like, Well, I was I was at Disney the other day. That's what this was. It was you wanted to, to tell your Disney joke, but nobody there had anything to do with it. You didn't know where to start. That's ex- that's exactly it was very embarrassing. Dude, that's exactly what it was. All right, so it started off there. Uh, CM Punk then starts uh, running down. I think this is the first time he's really talked about Colt Cabana. 
I mean, he's tweeted about him. Um, clearly, if he, I mean, God, man, there's so much backstory to this. CM Punk, Cole Cabana was the first podcast for CM Punk to do. WWE sued them. Uh, they lost over what they said on the podcast, specifically regarding uh, the staff infection stuff. Oh, uh, I guess CM Punk prom- promised to help pay for Colt's legal bills. Something happened. Something I've heard rumors that it was Colt going to a WWE show, I, I, but you know that those are just rumors. Where Punk completely fucking turned on Colt as a friend, basically told him, "I'm I'm just going to give you this amount of money for your legal defense. Go fuck yourself." Colt Cabana responded by suing CM Punk. Um, it seems like that lawsuit's been dropped. CM Punk decided to talk about that lawsuit, talk about that through discovery, which is a legal process Robert knows about. Uh, MJF shares a bank account with his mom. Uh, Cole which, Cabana, not MJF, you anti-Semitic piece of shit. Cole Cabana, <laughs> Cole Cabana shares a bank account with MJF. <laughs> now, now, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. Cabana... Wait, that wasn't a bit? Cole no. oh, Cabana shit, shares a bank account with Lee Johnson. All right. Cole um, Cabana shares a bank account with his mom. We have no idea why. I mean, like, CM Punk was inferring that's because he borrows money from his mom. It could be that, you know, like, I think the funniest thing Colt could have done has been like, that was to pay for my mom's medical bills so we can have a joint account. And, um, and he's saying all this next to a guy who's borrowing money from his dad. <laughs> so yeah he's go- yeah that's another thing too where i'm like yeah do you know who your boss is dude yes the- why do you think he's attacking the jew without any provocation whatsoever <laughs> he's hoping shad's watching any uh, good i like this, this man to adam hangman page who uh went who he's accusing of going into business for himself the first time hangman uh talked about workers rights and said that's a total joke presumably from cm punk and Cole Cabana having a falling out. And then Tony Khan, oh, Mike, Mike left. Tony Khan uh, moving Colt Cabana to Ring of Honor. And uh, so there wasn't an issue. Hangman, you know, uh, took issue to that. CM Punk made it clear that I'm not the reason that he, he got moved. But he then, after going on the diatribe about Colt Cabana, he is the reason that Colt Cabana moved. Maybe he's not the one who moved him, but Tony moved him because of CM Punk. Yeah, even if Punk didn't say anything. I mean, it's very yeah. obvious. Tony, very and, and that's the other thing, you know, like even when Hangman is saying he's mad at Punk, he's also saying he's mad at Tony's decision. And I think yes. everybody's a little irritated with Tony right now. And it's tough for Tony having to decide between two big stars like that. <laughs> um, well, it's like who you know. It's like who you want to be for Halloween, Tony, the Green Ranger, or the White Ranger. And it's like, oh, they're the same Ranger. It's you know, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Scott, right. you know, here we go. You know, yeah. here, you know here Tony. Go. Autism Corner strikes again. <laughs> oh, you're damn right. It is. You know he dressed up as Alpha Five. You know, <laughs> he was totally Alpha 5. He wasn't one of the Rangers. Wait, yeah, wait, yeah. Punk was talking like Zordon, right? <laughs> yeah. all and, and Tony was just going, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> I'm, sick and, I'm sick and tired of working for children. They <laughs> <laughs> couldn't run deal. a target. Here, guys, I got I to gotta finish. I got to finish. Every, every day I have to deal with five teenagers with attitude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got to finish. First of all, um, that's Meltzer. 
if we're really <laughs> actually they would have been Balkan Skull, him and Alvarez. Oh, we, well, that I'll, was get Mel- I'll get to Meltzer on this press conference. I'll get you to Meltzer. tell me. All right, I'll get to Meltzer on this press conference. You know, Meltzer flexed when he said that too. Punk. His calculator. Then Punk brings up how all the EVPs are talking to dirt sheets, how none of them take advice. Nobody knows how to make money. Says that the essentially the EVPs, aka the Bucks and Kenny, couldn't run a target. Um, after all of this, Dave, which hold on, as a former Target employee. That's a very hard place to run. There's a lot of departments. There's a That's lot of fucking thinking. morons. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and, and also, why the fuck did we get Rhodes to the top when that should have been the reality show? <laughs> no, that that's the next one. No, it's going to be QT on target. Okay. Well, for that adapt, the the number one moment for the scrum from me, besides Tony sitting there and kind of co-signing <laughs> on everything because he didn't say shit and he kept nodding. My favorite moment is that after CM Punk drops about 10 pipe bombs in a row, 10 amazing conversation topics, Dave Meltzer is called on to ask a question. What does he ask? How is your foot holding up? (laughs) The craziest question that you could ask. No one gives a fuck. No one even remembers Punk's foot is injured. And... And that's the question that Meltzer asks. Well, because yeah. at that moment, it's currently up Tony's ass. So he wants to make <laughs> no, it's sure it's still in punks okay. now. <laughs> it's what? <laughs> Nothing. And, <laughs> and and Dan heard that question and was like, I got to get a lifetime subscription. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you're you're being the harshest to him. You're the only one who gives him money, you dumb fuck. <laughs> All right, well, that's a fair criticism. Um, right after the scrum, uh, this is this is where you know facts get contested. Uh, CM Punk did tell everyone that you could come up to me, and you know if you have a problem, I'm right here. So the Bucks apparently and now there's debate of whether or not they brought in somebody from legal, but they went to CM Punk's door. They either kicked the punk, kick CM Punk's door. No, 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 no. That's not debated anymore. They didn't kick it down. Okay, they didn't kick the door down. They instead not. No one heard a leg being they, slapped. Yeah, I, I think there's some people on. <laughs> I think there's. <laughs> I think yeah, there's some people on Punk's side. They slapped their leg side. and gently opened the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think there's some people on Punk's side saying, you know, they they kind of forced their way in, but no one said that they kicked down a door. No. That okay. was just an so, internet rumor. Yeah. Also, however, they, they get into Punk's dressing room. Also, coming in with smart Mark Starling does not count as legal. Punk, uh, Punk is in there with Ace Steel, I believe, and Ace Steel's wife. No, apparently there was so. That's the other thing that's not true. It, it was like there there was about nine people in the room before the Bucks and stuff even got there. Okay, so there's a bunch of people in the room. One of them yeah. is Ace Steel's wife <laughs> with a broken foot, and their and and CM Punk's dog Larry. Um, the Bucks confront CM Punk. CM Punk starts sucker punching or punching Nick, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Nick's a sucker. It's sucker punching. <laughs> Matt Jackson gets involved. This causes Ace Steel to get involved. Ace Steel has then reportedly uh, protected Larry, CM Punk's dog, by giving by making sure both Ace Steel's wife and the dog are out of harm was harm's way, but then no, jumped- the Omega did. Omega was protecting the dog. Omega, right? yes, but then I'm sorry, Omega. Uh, 
I'm sorry, Robert. It's a lot of fucking. <laughs> I keep forgetting my camera. I'm sorry. Robert's face is like a. Because you're giving a blow-by-blow description of who gives a fuck. Like this is the least know, important but, like, part I'm of this stuff. I'm trying to recap it. Jesus. I know Robert's looking like us when he talks. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, to finish this nightmare recap off. Uh, Kenny Omega then goes to separate a steel or attack a steel who was attacking Matt Jackson and a <laughs> steel pulls Kenny's hair and bites him. Um, after this, Christopher Daniels was, was suspended. I guess Michael Nakazawa was, I don't know if he wrote fuck you on a clipboard or something. <laughs> there was a huge melee and you know, at least nine people are suspended. There is rumors, even though it hasn't come out yet, that Ace Steel and CM Punk are going to be fired, have been fired, are in the process of being fired. At least they're they're debating firing them, whether they come back or not. I I have uh I have no idea. I will say the one thing that I agree that I disagree with Punk on on that press conference, and I'm pretty much team elite on this, is that he said, like, I offer these guys advice. And then I thought to myself, any comedian who's been doing it over five years who gets unsolicited advice from a headliner gets so pissed off. Uh, so I understand why that would piss off Adam Hangman Page. And I mean, this whole, I mean, they kind of, they killed, they completely killed AEW's momentum with this. I think the only thing that could save it would be the Brian Danison MJF program that I had pitched. This was, I mean, this was the lunatics running the asylum and then the lunatics being stripped of their EVP status. Scott, what did you, what is your take on the whole situation? Are you team elite? Are you team punk? Are you team fuck all these guys? W what's your feeling? Are you team comic who's sick of headliners telling you uh, advice? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Look, I think Punk at the presser, I think there was a way to address that. And I think, you know what, he was in front of the press and he thought that they had been reporting things that were untrue. And in a way they were, right? People are saying the elite did not say anything to them. That's what the press is saying. They're saying other people did, right? Um, but you, Punk has every right to sit there and say, hey, guys, you know, get your shit straight. Uh, I haven't talked to this person. There's a way to do that in a professional manner that makes them look like a million fucking bucks. Unfortunately, uh, he didn't, and he just kind of snapped, and it, w it went like beyond into business for yourself, where you're just torching everything, uh, and it's not business for yourself because there's no way you're unaware that you're now burying yourself doing this too. So it's just like killing everything. Uh, I thought it was super embarrassing, and then you know, from what I gathered, look, the EVPs, if they. they if they stormed into the room, you can't storm into the room. One, you shouldn't be EVPs anymore anyway. It's kind of over with. The first year, it made sense. Uh, so they do need to have that stripped away just because this is messy, and you don't want that ever to happen again because that brings on huge, huge legal issues for them, uh, which concerns me. But uh, again, from most of what I gathered, it does sound like Punk. You know, No one denies that Punk swung first. It's just a matter of, was. Well, did Punk swing first because he was being an asshole or did he swing first because he thought he was about to be attacked by someone? And uh, did he finally throw a legit punch that landed? <laughs> Punk says he's progressive, but that's a very don't, 
stand your ground Florida. Dude, other <laughs> other thing is, is he hurt himself in the match, and no matter what, he would have been out for eight months. So it's like this is a guy where it's like, damn, this isn't working out. This is he won the title twice this summer, and he had to lose it no matter what, despite this conference. Because I, I think the only himself. way he comes back is if he comes kind of hat in hand, which he'll never do. You know? No. Mike, what did you think of this segment? This Big segment? <laughs> Come <up our> backstage <laughs> fight? <laughs> this this media scrum oh. disaster. Sorry, I won't I won't give you unsolicited advice. Um now I think that this was fucking, I mean, this is incredible. We you know, we text each other. We've had a field day. I think a lot of the internet has. I mean, you hear a lot of contract disputes and shit like that. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Someone bit someone. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, like, our, you know, this show is irrevocably changed. There will be an ace deal fucking joke in every roast till the end of time now. Uh, we have new topics. Like, I mean, this is fucking like hilarious. Uh, Omega defending the dog. Really, I mean, Omega's the baby face in all of this. If he's defending the dog, Ace Steel pulling Kenny's hair and biting him because and and, th and throwing. Well, he first throws a chair at Nick apparently because he's like, "Hey, my wife is in the room." She's in danger. Let me throw a chair. It's <laughs> fucking psychotic. I mean, this is a guy that is a fucking jabroni. He had three minutes of glory on Wednesday. Dude, Great we, promo. The, ace, the Ace Steel career started and ended this week. Like, he it, cut a great promo on Wednesday. I, you know, and then I, he's out. <laughs> here's the thing, like, in terms of entertainment and the kind of wrestling I like and who I like to watch when I turn the show on, I am team punk. Uh, I actually thought a lot of what he said was hilarious and entertaining. I, I think some of it was uncalled for um, because I mean, the thing with the, the Nick Hausman thing was at least in what we saw and, and it seems like we saw most of it. Like Nick did not ask a question about Colt. In no, that he didn't ask any questions. Yeah, no. So, it, and I mean, look, I, I get as angry about improv comedy as Punk does, so I can relate to him on that. But the, the, the big problem here is the violence. Like, and I do think, like, these scrums to me are in some ways, like, a bad idea where you have someone who just wrestled a fucking match. They're full of adrenaline. They aren't probably thinking straight and then you have the bucks like i do think if the bucks were actual evps in an evp position they should not have confronted him but punk should not have attacked and i think once you put fine like when you when you guys showed me the scrum i was like oh fuck yeah i'm punk all the way but then when i heard about the fights and all that shit like one the fact that all these other guys got suspended including guys that as far as we know or we've heard, didn't do much other than de-escalate, like like uh, Nakazawa and, and Cutler. So that's fucking kind of shitty that they got punished. And well, then, it's legal, right? It, the idea of everybody there kind of has I to go. I guess, home. yeah. But the fact that Steele has not been immediately fired after fucking, you know, bite forever, like, is, is fucking bullshit to me. And But then you'd have to fire 
Punk because he, I mean, Punk initiated the uh, violence. I mean, unless unless you do think that, you know, it, the thing is, you know, at first you go, well, if three guys run into a room with one guy or even just two guys and his wife, you know, that is intimidating. But apparently it's just not the case. It, Punk's room was, you know, had people in it. Like everybody's locker room has people in it. Yeah, you know, especially his hometown of Chicago. His hometown of yeah. Chicago. Fucking Rancid was probably there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think like this whole thing. I'm really bummed to see Punk go, and but I also we don't I know just, if he's going yet. We don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna assume, and the injury thing, and, and and look like if he's injured and out for eight months anyway. Like, I mean, the old I I honestly the last thing I'll say about this because I I really want Robert to get his thoughts and is um. I do think Tony looks the worst in all of this. Yeah. I think he looks like a fucking goof. I think this looks like a failed social experiment of putting all these egos together and all these people who were problems in other places together to see like what was going to happen. Like the fact that it took three years is impressive, but it, this, it, it, you know, and, and uh, Wednesday was a, a somewhat of a course correction, but, yeah, the show's just not as entertaining without Punk, and I don't think anyone in that company besides MJF is even close to the promo he is. So it's a bummer, but I also can't encourage violence, and I think it's fucked up that he fought, and so he's got to go. Get, before I get to Robert's opinion on this, I just want to volley this question to you guys. Is there some, and I know Mike's answer is going to be no, but is there some bumper room is buffer room sorry for the fact that this is how a lot of these things have been handled in wwe in you know new japan you know whatever in uh, pro wrestling been, you talking like just pro in wrestling like, wrestling, in the wrestling carny circuit like guys fighting yeah, each other there's a lot of there's a lot of physical altercations now i'm not saying that's good or bad but it is a physical it is a physical business so is there some wisdom to the fact that hey this is just you know, the boys being the boys. The Scott? EVP title the EVP titles make it sticky. But again, if they brought someone with legal, like it's I don't know. The story's gonna come out eventually what happens, but yeah, I think EVP titles makes it really, really messy. I think punk having that injury uh in the match, if I'm punk, I'm saying I also I mean, even though he threw the first punch, I'm saying the injury got worse. Because of, you know, I felt threatened, I had to fight them, and I already had an injury, and it worsened the injury, and now I need surgery because, like, I mean, why the fuck not? I think it's, like, very ugly on all sides. I mean, Kenny Omega could pull his pants down and show the bite marks. Like, you know, everybody's got Wait a proof. Where, where did he bite him? I, I heard it was, like, right below his ass. Like, like uh, <laughs> I heard it was on his leg. Yeah. Go right below his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, also heard, you... I also heard omega and punk had a either a phone call later that night and it just did not go well at all like it was just you know you thought it was going to be them having a conversation and it was not uh i think everybody's very angry i i i heard you know a lot of guys want to sue like it's not just one person wants to sue i i heard people are pissed and i heard it's not just you know, I heard like a lot of guys want to go because of it. Guys involved in it and 
Dude, think about this. If a fucking, and now we can really get to Robert, and this is like the big part of it. If this goes to court, we might not see the elite or punk, obviously, just for like two years if there's a court case and they don't want these guys on television while they're in court. It's all so fucking weird and uncomfortable, and it sucks ass for wrestling. But it makes these young guys look awesome, like on Dynamite. Boom. This is the end of an era for AEW. Uh, This was the moment where things that have been bubbling up for a very long time, I've made allusions to this for the last few months, it all came to a head. You, You can't run a wrestling company unless you are ruling it in some way, shape, or form with control over your roster. And Tony Khan has not had control over his roster for a while. It broke down into factions and camps. You had Punk in his little world. You had Jericho in his world. You had Kenny in the Bucks. You had Cody doing his thing. You had Danielson doing his thing. And then everybody else just clamoring for any TV time that they had. And the reason it was successful was because everyone was making money. The ratings were doing well. And when that happens, everybody's happy. WWE figured out their shit. And it's like now there's an option for people to go back to when they all wanted to leave. And it was it was a terrible place for a lot of these people who are in AEW, who don't want to work a WWE schedule, who don't want to be hampered creatively, who don't want to have passionless five, six minute matches because they genuinely love wrestling. That was why AEW was a haven. And they brought too many of these people in all at once. And there was only so much TV time. Tony not splitting the company into two brands, two whatevers, and and being able to balance egos and manage expectations was an error. Tony not being able to control his roster is why this happened. It was not a surprise when he signed CM Punk that Colt Cabana was a member of the AEW locker room, that Colt was in there for years already as someone that these people had worked with as a coworker, that had benefited from the exposure he gave them on his podcast, that had benefited from the exposure he helped give them to sell t-shirts and make money and have careers. So regardless of who was right or wrong in the Scott Colton CM Punk lawsuit, it wasn't a shock what Punk was walking into, and Tony should have addressed it head people, on. People like people like Colt better. People, wrestlers like people, Colt. right? But, but that's Punk. something that should have been you addressed. Know? You you put the two of them in a room. You make peace then and there, which is this is and this is the part that pissed me off the most about Punk in the scrum. He kept talking about being a businessman. Nothing about this showed that CM Punk understands how business works. Him and Colt should have buried the hatchet professionally years ago and been done with it. Address it once, be through with it. You shake hands. Vince was really good about this. There were guys that I knew that hated each other, and Vince brought them in a room, and it was, you're here, you're here, you're going to make money, keep your mouth shut, and if you have a problem with it, leave. And everybody was scared shitless. Punk Vince showed, was the best at making people keep their mouth shut. And it only cost him $19 million. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like there was so little respect for Tony Khan that the way Punk was talking about the EVPs and burying people and going to business for himself with Tony sitting right there. Shooting was, on MJF for no reason. It was designed to humiliate Tony and to show him like, I'm the guy in charge, not you. And anytime in wrestling, that's the case. That's the kiss of death for your promotion. The, the companies that are the most successful, unfortunately, are run by Machiavellian assholes, and everybody's kind of afraid of them. No one was afraid of Dixie Carter, and they were able to do whatever they want in TNA, milk it for as much money as they could, and now I have to sit through one of these shitty pay-per-views. A- at the end of the day, there was money that should have been made, and this was a successful pay-per-view 
that had a million dollar gate after two huge shows earlier in the week. Punk went out there. He won the world title. The scrum is not real. It's not a real fucking sport. They're not there to hear his real intimate, important thoughts. That's why you have Conrad labored breathing on a podcast in a few years. You can do it then. He should have gone out there. He should have talked about winning the title, how happy he was. He's going to go, you know, hang out with his fucking dog and his wife. And what a great day and make a shitload of money. And that was what was important. And instead, he had an axe to grind against Colt because he's like, I got to, you know, those three people chanted Colt Cabana at me a couple days ago. I can't be the bigger man. It's why he sat at home for seven years. It's why he's always been his own worst enemy to anyone that's ever worked with him, as opposed to keep your mouth shut and make money for everyone. And then he decided to take the shots at, at Kenny and take the shots at the Bucks. And you can't have EVPs who are uh, not only talent, but not the top talent in the company. It's going to lead to a power imbalance. And that was what was going on here. And they don't serve a positive purpose as executive vice presidents. Them getting involved in the, the locker rooms, you know, brawl after exposes AEW. Because if this was independent contractor, an independent contractor, when it's the boys, I'll think back to hardcore Holly beating up Rene Dupree in the ring or them having fights in the back or however shit used to be settled. It was never an executive of the company striking a wrestler or being involved in a brawl with a wrestler. That opens up a completely separate avenue of litigation. If they would have filed charges against Punk for assault, it gives them the ability to release Punk from his contract without him being entitled to anything. But at the same time, he can countersue and say, I was injured by executives of this company, which means I can now go after AEW for liability for the things that theoretically happened to me, which is why none of this was mentioned on television. They removed everybody from the intros. Everybody was quietly suspended and it was, they're going to have to sort this thing out. The, the shittiest part of all of this immature, stupid, petty fucking bullshit by people who should know better by the bucks who killed themselves to make this company. And Kenny who gave up a shot at WWE to make this company work. And CM Punk, who came back to make money in this business after sitting out for all these years and reigniting his passion, is the guy who got the most fucked out of this in a lot of ways was MJF. Because you built up this storyline and this feud for months. He sat at home. He didn't know if he was coming back, not coming back. You had a ready-made story, and it mattered zero. There was nobody talking about what happened to him. There are a lot of guys in that locker room who competed on that pay-per-view. And I'm not going to name names, but they were really upset about what happened because they got horribly overshadowed and worse than overshadowed this jeopardized their money because then it's what's going to happen going forward with the company who's going to be in charge you know tony khan looks like an imbecile the evps look like imbeciles punk looks like an imbecile if it was me you fire the evps you fire punk because their usefulness across the board has kind of run out. Punk more than anybody else. I think, you know, there's people who want to tune in to see him, but at the end of the day, they paid a lot of money for CM Punk. They have not been averaging well over a million viewers for CM Punk. Whereas Raw, who doesn't have that kind of star power, is drawing bigger numbers. And you're on TBS, you're on TNT, you have the internet, you have a massive roster. They have not seen the kind of growth of him that they needed to see. They were getting over with the talent that they had. Taking away a distraction like CM Punk for eight months suspension or injury or firing him, taking away Kenny and the Bucks and letting the talent that they have have a chance to shine, which is what made AEW really great to begin with, that's the opportunity they have going forward. 
But Tony Khan has no confidence in the people in or the, the locker room has no confidence in Tony Khan as a leader. He was embarrassed by people who went into business for themselves, behave like idiots, and jeopardized a company that has a real opportunity to be a legitimate brand for years to come. This is going to be a black eye that may ultimately prove fatal. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens going forward. And I think if Dynamite's any indication, you're leaning on Danielson, you're leaning on Moxley, you're leaning on Jericho, who should have been the locker room leaders from day one. And they weren't because everybody was allowed to be siloed. And now you're either going to see a company that's going to evolve and fix their shit and be better, or this is the beginning of the end of AEW. And, you know, they will be a great addition on Peacock because Peacock needs content. <laughs> nice. they need the Undertaker's gavel is what they need. That's how real men settle yeah. things. And and uh, I will plug for the on the five dollar Patreon. I recorded a thing about this the other day in in more detail, and that was one of the things I said was you needed an Undertaker in that locker room to kind of patrol shit. Like this feels. No, like- I disagree. I think the Undertaker. When we listen back, it's. When you say patrol, you literally mean like people were like, hey, Taker, this guy did this. And Taker was like, give him 10 noogies. No, no, and no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm ta- no, Scott, I'm talking about where I was going to finish that was you need to take her when it was Sean and Brett and all their bullshit and take her being the one to kind of regulate things. This is why they this is why one of the lessons I was taught was but also also, also always I mean, book- saying this. And so far, all we know about the story is that like everybody tried to break it up other than punk. Matt, I think Matt Jackson, because Nick, I think, is the one who got a chair thrown at his head, right? So yeah. Punk, Matt, and and yeah, but there's a the difference is when there's certain guys there, you don't do this in the first place. Like Punk, the only reason Punk should have gone out there and done this in the press conference is if he knew he was done, because oh, it was sure, a scorched sure. earth. There was there was no like he knew there's no coming back from what he's saying. It's not like he's saying this as part of a storyline, and it's going to be you know. I, I know Max is back and whatever, but, you know, Hangman, you want to talk shit about me? Bucks, you want to talk shit about me? I got the title. I'm the guy that matters. And this is my company, not yours. Come take this from me. Holy shit, you just made a lot of money. Yeah, I want to t- see that now. Someone well, tried to bring MJF uh, MJF up to him, and he was like, yeah, because he wants me to work with shitheads. Like, it's just, what a sour, awful, corny mood you're in right now, you know? That'll, 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 you know, but that's it, Tony, that, he's, he's punishing Tony Khan for bringing him in. It's like, this is your fault, Tony. This is what you wanted. And I think back to that MJF promo about punk like months ago, where he's like, you're all sunshine and happiness now, but the second you don't get your way, like the shitty CM Punk's going to come back. Yeah. And it was, it's kind of. Well, that's tr- what's funny. It's everybody in everybody's promos about him. They mentioned this and, you know, to me, it was just this thing that, oh, because of WWE in that situation, you could perceive him that way. And it's just him, too. He's very combative, obviously. Well, you know, the future and you can be combative again. You can be in in like in, in much better ways. You can be an asshole when you're making a shitload of money for the company and they have no choice but to put up with you. Punk has not translated into as big a bit. Even Meltzer pointed this out where he's like, when Hangman uh, headline pay-per-views, they still did really well, even though Punk wasn't there. It's not like Punk has moved the needle to such a degree where he's worth the liability. He was great for that one-off moment. He's probably sold some t-shirts of which he gets a large cut, but it's not like when he's not there, they're not drawing on shows or their pay-per-view buys. They drew with fucking Forbidden Door, which was main evented by Who Cares versus Who Cares. I don't even remember at this point. They, their fans will still show up. 
He hasn't brought new people in. He hasn't generated a lot of income. He hasn't been worth the headache. And there's no benefit to keeping him around going forward because the locker room, for the most part, they don't want him. And again, no matter show, what, out eight months after this, what, what do you do? He does with make the show like a that? lot more watchable, man. I, I don't give a fuck what you oh, say. Oh, for sure, like, for sure. We've all praised his work on this well, podcast. You know what? I'll say this though: it was he made the more uh, the show more watchable in his absence this summer. But before he showed up, AEW was fucking amazing, and we loved it. You know, so and and this Wednesday was amazing, and we loved it. And so I think what Robert also means is there are guys there that can shine like hell, and we won't miss Punk, so long as Tony, you know, does right and let lets these guys shine. Well, the advantage was that you had Max back. Sure, and but come Max on, Max came that out va- there and knocked no, no, it out I, of the I, park I think too. there's a my that was my point before. You have the you have the experienced guys like Danielson and Moxley and Jericho that you can build on. You have a core of really great young talent who haven't gotten that opportunity that they should have to be elevated. We talk about it all the time, how over Darby is, how over Orange Cassidy is, how great Sammy Guevara is. You have Miro who's there who's being criminally underutilized. You have Claudio who's there just kind of hanging out. You have plenty of pieces to put together a killer three hours of television that you have to fill a week. That's it. You don't Not need promo these other wise, videos. buddy. How many of those people can talk like Punk? None of them. No, no, Mox is close. I mean, look, he's not. We're we'll, we'll underestimating you. Punk's talent a little bit. He really not, is. Punk is wildly talented. I'm not, I'm not saying you're able to replace yeah. him person to person, but you can replace him in other ways. Oh, that's true too. Oh, and Daniel Garcia matches. Well, hey, as I long mean, as they I... run Buffalo every week, <laughs> Daniel Garcia is going to be the biggest star they have. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's my. Another thought I had, if you're control your narrative, you sign a steel and push him to the, the top. <laughs> I would actually watch that promotion. If I knew like a steel was there, like Brock, you know, like, um, especially because bronze gone. Come on guys. Get a steel on the contract. I, I like that. A steel did this so that people can go back and watch that one clip of him as Donald Trump on raw to help push to our roast this weekend. <laughs> Hey, Eugene also cuts his hair in a segment. He's like some guy who Eugene cuts his hair. Well, that explains everything. <laughs> when Eugene was the smarter guy in the segment. He's also so crazy looking. I mean, we can all talk. Oh, he- no, yeah, that's what we're, yeah, that's the crazy part. He lo- And that's what, when we were like, you know, is this, uh, was this planned? You know, so, you know, there are always going to be those people that are like, this is bullshit. This is wrestling. This is a work. And we can all agree, if it is a work, perfect casting of guy who bites person is this looks, man, Ace Steel, who who looks like he was born to bite. Like, he looks like he bit the doctor. He looks like he bit the umbilical cord in half. He looks like he digs holes under fences to get to the neighbors. Like He, <laughs> he looks like he has to say, scissor me, daddy, ass to come. <laughs> he looks like what Vince thinks Butch is. <laughs> you think, you think, you think uh, Gangrel called him was like, that's my gimmick, brother. <laughs> uh, no, Gangrel called him and was like, hey, buddy, we got an opening at the soup plantation if you want to. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get like Gangrel th- had 35 cents to make that call. Let's, Come on. let's get to Dynamite or Dud or Monday Night Raw. I'm going to cut to Robert Jesus Carpenter. Christ. Wait, or Monday Night Raw? No, we're not doing Raw. We already said we're not doing Raw. <laughs> Fuck you. You keep trying Raw? to make this a Daniel. thing. Hey, yeah, look, you keep the, trying to make this a thing. That camera shot no. was awesome. That camera shot with, uh, with the Miz and Dexter was great. Okay, next, Dynamite. High spot, low spot. 
(laughs) (laughs) We're just covering Dynamite this week. Um, Although I will say the Rhea and Dom stuff was very good and Braun fell. So if you want to watch Raw. Yes, Uh, Dynamite or Duds, Robert Karpowitz, take it away. All right, AEW in the intro, they cut out everybody who was interesting and involved in the storyline to signal what's going on. Uh, Tony Khan was allowed to go on camera, which I just don't know what the fuck they're thinking, who was uh, there to announce that we're vacating the trios title and the singles title and we're having tournaments. And his eyes were so <laughs> fucking bugged there. No, he's he's always going to be the fake Gilbert Gottfried voice. Then MJF came out and and all was right with the world. He was wearing a Josh Allen jersey. He uh, he pretended to be a baby face for a while. The crowd absolutely loved it. He made fun of some lady in the crowd and then won her back. Uh, then he uh, he declared that he is better than Moses and he is better than Moses. Uh, Moxley came out to confront him. MJF then immediately turned heel. He ripped off the Josh Allen jersey. He uh, he talked about how he can't wait till 2024 when he gets to go back to Cody. Talked about how much he loves Hunter. He quotes uh, what's best for business. And then Moxley. Well, he also called Nick Khan St. Nick. Yes, he called Nick Khan St. Nick. (laughs) And then Moxley chased him off and delivered the promo that this company needed. I know that certain people on this podcast who are special guest stars have different feelings on Moxley. I have not <laughs> been the biggest Moxley fan since he's been back in AEW. This was a fantastic, authentic, emotional promo. This was Moxley to the people who know, which is 90% of the audience saying like, I'm going to put this thing on my back. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to be the guy because I fucking love this place and I want to make this place great. And I'm sick of all the shitheads who've been ruining this and then pivoted it back to the most important thing is being champion. The title is the most important thing to me. Therefore, you know, we're going to be fine going forward. The guys who are gone, fuck them. We don't care. We're moving on. Thought oh, it was this guy, great. No, I, I agree, Robert. Moxley bleeds AEW in every AEW match he has. <laughs> in, every, in some of the promos. He, he was, he was a like trickle. the plumber who had to come back to your house and be like, oh, Roto-Rooter didn't work out. I told you. There were major corporations. <laughs> you know that, right? Yeah, he's, I mean, I, 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 I did think this was a good promo. Um, I, I loved uh, MJF stuff. Uh Although, you know, MJF's worst feud in the company by far was with Moxley. So I don't I can't say I'm the most excited for that again. Um, but yeah, no, I think that this was you know what was so amazing? I was like Robert hey, who, who's ever on Tony's text thread, just say that you want to see Danielson versus MJF because I feel like he's got like this inner circle of people and whoever's in that inner circle, please tell them what the money match is. They're all currently suspended. Yeah, no, but I, you know, Robert this morning texted us. He's like, man, I really love this uh, dynamite. And then it's like, you watch it and it's a 20 minute promo to start. I'm like, oh, this is the most it's felt like raw. Yes. (laughs) And I was, I was happy for every moment of it. Uh, The death triangle took on the best friends of the trios tag titles. Both teams obviously earning this by losing earlier. Uh, Death triangle won because Chuck Taylor was in there. We knew who was taking the pin, the dark order in the back. And then Andrade and Roosh and their assistant guy keep trying to take 10 because they're really good judges of talent. 
then uh, we get Penelope Ford versus Tony Storm. Can't believe that didn't make it on the pay-per-view. Uh, 2.0 uh, are now going to be feuding with Action Bronson because there aren't enough rappers on this show. Either the acclaimed come out, which they were hyping because it was, oh, Max Caster's going to have a live microphone. What's he going to say? Obviously, because of all the litigation, he couldn't really say anything. So they did a brilliant moment where Swerve comes out to interrupt the rap, puts all the heat on him, uh, and they get to say, scissor me, daddy ass. The crowd doesn't even realize you didn't hear Max Caster talk. They set up that match for Grand Slam. And then uh, Jericho and Sammy are in the back talking about being in the tournament. And Sammy really wants to fuck his own wife. Dan, what would you think, hour one? Um, yeah, I mean, I just thought this was a really good show. Um, uh, it, it, it siloed. It was a really good show. I'll just, I'll just speak generally. Um, siloed. I thought it was a really good show. I don't think it did much to help the company. Like I, I think Tony being a deer in headlights and, you know, like I said, I was, I was waiting for him to hold a newspaper to show the day's date. Like it just did not help. I don't think that I think MJF came across as a star. I think Moxley had a great promo. I, I don't think that Moxley's the guy you want to go with for the main event for right now. I think he's more interesting lower in the card. Uh, and I, I, I thought that AEW didn't miss a really great feel-good moment with the best friends going over. I think Orange Cassidy should have gone over. He's one of the few stars they have, real stars they have. They keep burying the motherfucker. Um, you know, Pac already has a title. The Lucha Bros have already been tag champs. Give it to Orange Cassidy, especially after all the fucking bullshit that we've been through. Give us a, a feel-good moment. That that was my big takeaway from the first hour. Scott? I loved it. I, I thought it was a great first hour. I thought the uh the beginning intro vi- video showing the, the moment in the ladder match where Hathaway came out and and then the MJF moment at the end of the show, I, I thought they did a great job of making that look way cooler than it looked on the pay-per-view, which was good. I thought the MJF promo was phenomenal. I love the idea of this guy coming out as a face because, you know, you, you guys need a leader. You can trust me. Like, knowing that AEW fans are at their weakest right now and they need someone to save them. So he's like, come with me, like, thinking they'll actually – go with him and they fucking do it's hilarious it's like the coolest heel work in the world and then moxley comes out and he sees through all of it and he's just like i'm gonna need you to stop and then you know mjf's just like well fuck you guys and you're fat like it's just so fun it was the the, the most fun segment for me just telling him he needs to leave and mjf leaving after having a really tough time pulling off his shirt uh mox he had a piece knocked- of his shirt on him which was fucking hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah I thought Mox completely knocked it out of the park with his promo. It's exactly what everybody needed to hear. I, I, I like the idea of, you know, this title tournament is is like crowning a locker room leader almost. It's crowning like someone who's going to take care of this company because shit is really bad. I, I thought that was cool. Um, How funny would it be if if because of CM Punk going nuclear, it leads to a huge Brian Danielson push again? <laughs> you know like it, it's like whenever he's he's there to catch the catch a company whenever it falls from punk i just i just never get the logic of like it just doesn't make sense to me why those two teams were in the trios thing like okay best friends lost this week but 
the other guys lost a week before and they won. And then you have to save the trust busters for a pay-per-view. Okay. That's fair. And then the buy uh, like Jericho and Moxley, like it fits Jericho's. It just doesn't fit Moxley's character. Like there's just no one there who's even like decent at writing following this shit. He has a alpha. Fight anyone, I'll fuck up anyone. Ooh, I get a day off. Like, also, I had to come back from my vacation. Fuck off. That's not the character either. Like, you shouldn't, Moxley shouldn't go on vacation. Brother, you're bugging. Well, I he think should he should go, go to go blood drop. He did go on one for 30 days last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and listen, wait, wait. Wait, let, let's try to make sense of the uh, of these guys being in the trios. Because I love the match, but you, obviously... You, they have lost, right? Yes. So, okay, Death Triangle, they won the whole thing, right? So it was Death Triangle versus Will Ospreay and Ozzy Open initially. <clears throat> um, obviously, Ospreay and Ozzy Open won. We 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 know why they can't be in this tournament. We know why, why? they can't. Because they're overseas. I mean, Ospreay... Why did they say that? I mean, they can mention it, I guess, but... Well, what would have happened if they won on um, last week? And then they won on the pay-per-view. Would they still be there? No, that's why they didn't win. But in kayfabe? I mean, no. I don't know what this is. I feel like is. we're in the Yeah, I don't know what the fuck this part is, Michael, but let me continue. So then the other thing, it was the Bucks versus, well, we know why the Bucks can't be there, right? The Bucks and Kenny versus Andrade, Dragon Lee, and Roosh. Well, remember for 10 seconds they attacked uh, Dragon Lee and pulled off his mask at the end, so they're not even a group, so they can't fight for it. Then you have House of Black. Well, Malachi's gone, so they're not a group. You have Dark Order, which they're hurt, so they can't wrestle. And then you have the Best Friends, who beat the Trustbusters, so the Best Friends got to fight. And then the other, literally the only other team is Death Triangle. So it's Unless the you go tag with division Open, of Raw. They're in Japan. So they did pick the right teams. Cool. Hour two of Raw and hour nine of our podcast. <laughs> uh, why wouldn't, why wouldn't Paige best. and Reynolds and Hungy be in oh, there because they're because they're himself. Because, because no, Reynolds hurt himself. Who did? Scott does yeah, yeah, yeah. This. Reynolds has an injury. Uh, oh, every right. time uh, Scott, every time Scott does this, I think of like that scene in Goodwill Hunting where the physicist can't match Goodwill Hunting's math work. Like that's just like <laughs> oh, he's chasing me down the hallway. Board. Yeah, he's chasing yeah, me down Scott's the hallway. Like, how did you explain the end of it all out? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I can't explain this, but you can, please. I'm Tony. like, fuck off, mister. <laughs> all right. Wardlow took on Tony Nese and squashed him, and I thought, oh, good. They finally figured out how to book uh, Wardlow again, and then he cut an O'Doyle Rules promo where he bitched about the internet. So I was like, nope, they haven't figured out how to book him again. Uh, Brian Danielson took on Hangman Adam Page, who looked like he was about to cry every 20 seconds of this match, which was <laughs> super awesome, fun. Uh, Jungle Boy cut a promo. Way, way to reward the fucker who caused all this in the first place. Yes, you're the reason mom Lost. and dad broke up. Um, Lost. Yeah, Jungle Mike Boy cut so, a promo. Mike is so angry that he can't be just angry at Adam Hangman Page. Jungle Boy cut a promo where he basically talked about how Luchasaurus was an anchor around his uh, his leg and now he's gone, which felt like a super heel promo, but he's a babyface. Who cares? Stokely came out uh, with his crew of goofs and uh, the PA told him they were low on time, so they beat up the PA, which was 
fun. And then in the main event of uh, Mike Lawrence's dreams, Daniel Garcia beat Wheeler Yuta in a Ring of Honor pure rules match with Caprice Coleman on commentary and a rapper named Westside Gun singing <laughs> Daniel Garcia out to prove that he is not a sports entertainer. He is now a full-fledged wrestler. This mm-hmm. got confetti afterwards because <laughs> again, a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony is just trying to kill Mike. Mike, what did you think of hour two of this fantastic program? Uh, <laughs> Christ, man. Um, I will be at Mindy's Bakery from Wednesday <laughs> to Sundays. Um, Team Punk. Yeah, this this sucks. Uh, I I really think that Paige should have had some kind of um, punishment for going off script with punk in the first place and 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 needle dick and uh i think that uh him getting a 23 minute match with the best wrestler ever uh is, is not a good punishment <laughs> i'm glad he lost but i i want him to fuck off my screen for a while but I, wait I, but wait he wasn't involved in this thing and wasn't he i mean haven't people been saying he's been punished all summer well that's just bad booking Oh, oh, yeah, sure, sure. I, I'm just saying, it. you know. He didn't get any like actual discipline any... for going into business for himself. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. That's true, I guess. So, fuck him. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, 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 I agree with Punk on a lot of what he says about him. The whole, I don't need advice and all of that. Yeah, you do. Uh, you, you're not as over as you think. And I agree with that, too. You will not be that over in WWE. Uh, you'll probably be on NXT. Um... So I, I and and the Garcia Yuta thing, it's like if this was the only time Garcia was, I, I get the Buffalo of it and all of that, but it's also it's like if this is the future of the company, I'm good because <laughs> they still just, I mean, look, man, Lee Moriarty, he was kind of boring a few months ago. He was fucking fun last night. The outfit that he had on, the hair the laughing the running around when the guy got knocked out like the chris tucker thing i was like holy shit so it is possible for people to be boring and then not be boring it's just to to be fair mike daniel garcia is now a champion in ring of honor which is a completely separate promotion than (laughs) AEW. in the way that like there's those toys r us's inside macy's like no it's still macy's uh this is still this is still ring of honor Thanks, thanks for for making me even sadder by mentioning Toys R Us. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. But no, this was just fucking. Uh, I mean, it was fine. I think that this was a decent show for the the drama they had and the tumultuousness and all that. But like, it wasn't an exciting show, and it certainly. I don't know if anything would have been as exciting as Punk feuding with MJF again. Um, and then they certainly didn't find anything that was. And uh tournaments and more titles is how Tony thinks he could fix everything. And it's just fucking boring. Like the amount of title matches, like they don't mean anything. The the pay-per-view felt less special because of there was like what two or three fucking title matches on the pre-show. Scott what we're just talking the last hour. Yeah, think, I, yeah. Well, no, I, show. I I enjoyed it. I mean, I I think the the Garcia Yuta match, I did obviously love it, and I understand it is in Buffalo. I think on a week like this, you don't want that to be the main event. But they announced the main event last week, which maybe they shouldn't have done because it didn't make sense because they were both in a match uh, on Sunday anyway, and we talked about that already. But 
this was the advertised match. They went with it, and it was a hell of a match. And I and I think the Hangman Daniel uh, Danielson match was fantastic. I I, I feel bad for Hangman. Uh, he got definite some booze. There were still obvious cowboy shit chants, but he he looked like he had no life in him whatsoever. And, and he probably, my guess is, he probably wants out more than almost anybody. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, that 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 was a sign of how weird things are gonna get. But I love that Danielson won, and 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 I thought th- I thought this show was like there was no fat on it. I, I thought it was a great show. Yeah, it was a good it was a good course correction. Considering well, that's because Eddie of... Kingston wasn't there. Oh, <laughs> now we have to suspend you, Mike. <laughs> Dan, what'd you think of hour two of Raw? Hey, Dynamite, don't, Jesus! Don't sorry. you don't you make fun of the Mad Burger King? <laughs> um, I. I uh, I, I love the Danielson Adam Page. It was my high spot of the week. I thought it was great. I actually thought Hangman played his role great in this of being a little bit like, what the fuck is going on? It's been his character for the last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and but, also, you you know, if you remember the trios match, which no one does because of the press conference, you know, he did, he did fuck up a lot in the match, and you are supposed to feel a way about him. Unfortunately, everybody feels a way about him right now. So it's just, it's... Sticky. Yeah, that's why we don't remember the trios match. Not that they have one of those all the fucking time, and they're not special. They're, oh, they're great matches. You're just... A lot you know, of them are great matches, Mike. They're, oh, they're so great. Dan, do you have any thoughts an hour two, or... Uh, I mean, it was, I, I love that match. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't watch the Garcia and Yuta match. I just, I, I just think like this ring of honor thing is like kind of watering down what they're trying to do, um, which is not at all a controversial opinion, but, um, you know, I understand from a wrestling fans perspective. Oh, I own ring of honor now too. That's my NXT. You know, I understand why it's appealing to Tony personally, but, you know, it's Ring of Honor doesn't mean anything anymore, man. I mean, Ring of Honor meant something in 2005 and 2004 when Vince, or, or 2000, even 2002, sorry, 2001, when Vince was at the height of his goofy booking shit. You know, like this was around Katie Vick. This was around all the stuff we couldn't stand in WWE. So this alternative came, Ring of Honor, that was that was badass. But now we have that alternative, and it's AEW, and it's New Japan. And even with Ring of Honor, you know, we forget like, you know, you can look at Ring of Honor kind of and look at the schism in AEW because the things Ring of Honor are known for in the beginning, it was like throwback NWA wrestlers or Harley Race wrestlers, which is what Punk and Brian and Christopher Daniels and a lot of these guys were. Let's just tell a great match and tell a story. And then it became some more of the crazier shit, which is like what the elite's all about. So like we're seeing that fight in real time now on AEW. Like what what school of wrestling is going to win? And I hope it's both of them because I like both of those types of wrestling a lot. That was my favorite. Right. You want to move to high spot, low spot? Yeah, let's get it. Uh, very nice job recapping, Robert. By the way, thank you. You learn from the best. I walked so you could run, Robert. High spot, spot, low spot. (laughs) All right, I already said uh, the Hangman match, so I'm also going to say this is kind of a bizarre high spot, but Seth Rollins was good on social media this week, and he's been so terrible at it, but he put over a bunch of good matches, including one from AEW, including one from NXT. During the press conference, I was really nervous because some reporter asked him about why would you wear such a goofy outfit, 
And then he answered it in character rather than just like going into business for himself and fucking everything up. So Seth Rollins turning into a person while CM Punk turns into CM Punk is my high spot of the week. My low spot is, uh, you know, I mean, it's just the main event of Cardiff, man. I really love that show. And the the main event really fucked with me. And of, of course, like everybody else, my low spot is, is how far AEW has fallen in the last couple months. Um, especially with everything that's gone on with WWE. It's, it's, it's nearly baffling to think that this is that, that we'd be talking about AEW and WWE like this a year ago. I mean, a year ago, we had that phenomenal all out match, all out card with, with Danielson coming back and Cole and punk's first match. And now it it just, it really does seem like it's, it's freaky Friday. So wait, can uh, I still say this though? I think the reason we're still interested in discussing the AEW thing other than it's drama is it's still the better wrestling show. I don't know anymore, man. I think both shows can learn a lot from each other, you know? Like, Brother. I mean, look, I, I think we Dynamite spend way more time talking about Dynamite for a reason. It's because well, we are I mean, interested dude, I in watching about, it. I want to talk about Raw, but I'm overruled. Um, we're but, at hour nine of this uh, podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> We're, Guys, we're, we more than, we're more than we're more than yeah fine sorry when Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah took on Nikki Ash and Dewdrop actually no <laughs> Raw was actually a very good show that's recapped on the something of sports entertainment with you can get on Patreon uh but uh yeah Sam yeah, uh oh you Robert Robert will be watching Raw until the company's not around anymore or Robert's not around anymore either way if he keeps watching AEW Robert may not be around anymore Scott what's your high spot with <laughs> Oh gosh! All right, low spot is definitely the uh, the media scrum, and just yeah, not getting these guys on television the next few months. Uh, I I think another like important part to remember about these guys is they never take up too much time. You know, like I am glad that these guys get to shine. These other guys, but they always had the time to shine. You know, Tony has been fucking up booking for the last few months, but. I loved what Omega and the Bucks were doing and I love punk and what he does. Uh, and it sucks that they don't get to be around and quite literally might not ever be around again in AEW. Uh, and that's all, all three of them or four of them, sorry, which stinks. And, you know, Omega and, and, and that's part of the reason the trios match was so fun to me. It's Omega enters the ring and all of a sudden it becomes a dream match, even, and, and he's, staring down Alex Reynolds and you're like, why does this feel so cool? Oh, cause he's so great. And now literally I could see him stepping away from wrestling too, uh, which no one's talking about, but well, what he's, about Kenny he's Omega? beat up. He's hurt. <laughs> cause I was I mean, talking about uh, uh, I spot could be, I mean, do you imagine how crazy punk's going to be on Twitter for the next decade? Oh brother. I think, uh, I think punk moves to Transylvania after this. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's good. <laughs> no, he'll stay in Chicago, but but also, what I would know is uh, which friend is willing to have him on their podcast? <laughs> <laughs> the Ace Steel podcast, <laughs> bro, bro, bro. Five days after Punk is released, Conrad is calling him and being like, "Hey, you want to do a last match?" <laughs> Chewing the fat with Ace Steel. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Ace and Conrad. (laughs) (laughs) They just keep telling the same story. Different stories where Ace bites somebody. (laughs) Oh no, someone bit my tap and walked. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, high spot, low spot. 
You ask me? Yep. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, high spot. I'm I'm gonna go the acclaimed and uh swerve and uh Lee just because yeah, it 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 did not seem like that big of a match uh when we were talking about it and they fucking stole the show and good for those dudes and that that felt more like the future of the company than last night's main event did, which we're good we're in good hands. Um cut to swerve being on SmackDown with Hit Row. <laughs> <laughs> Robert just gave a thumbs up. Robert, our WWE mole on this podcast. <laughs> well, you know he's with he was with Top Dollar, but now he's with Top Oversized Novelty Check. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, um, my my low spot check. <laughs> no, my low spot I would say is yeah. I mean it's it's fucking hard not to say the scrum. Um, you know, Marsha Colton is the baby face of the week. Uh, she's the parent we should all hope to be. I, I, I'm, I, I'm friendly with Cole Cabana. I, I think Punk did cross the line. Um, yeah, and Colt's, the been great. Colt's been on the pod. He's been great. No, I really like him. Um, it, it was out of nowhere. It sucks because. Punk is so much of what I love about wrestling. Uh, he he is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He he still will be. Um, you know, there's way worse reasons wrestlers have been canceled. <laughs> this isn't even the top ten. Uh, but nah, man. Well, this is the first time wrestling's canceled someone. Yeah, but knowing that he's just not going to be there for a long time, if not ever again, sucks, man. Because we were so fucking excited to have him back, and he did some great work. But you know, both him and Ace Steel, you gotta say their their mouths got them in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Robert. Uh, my high spot was uh, Clash of the Castle for Drew McIntyre. I know the finish wasn't universally loved, but that dude had a fantastic night. I know it meant a lot to him. He was really really happy with with what that was and it's nice when people get a positive moment out of wrestling my uh, just to be different my other low spot obviously the you know implosion of AEW but minor low spot is Pat McAfee who I think is absolutely fantastic got a, a great opportunity to be part of ESPN game day which is a a major staple but it means he's going to be off SmackDown for the rest of the college football season uh, I'm going to miss hearing him on SmackDown I don't know who they're going to fill in with him there's a lot of fun opportunities they have where you could do a rotating guest host thing with some of the folks that they have available. I think it'd be fun one week to put Heyman on commentary there or one week, oh, you know, well, bring awesome. back, you know, Nigel McGinnis or Beth or something, just kind of have it like a rotating thing until Pat can come back. Uh, I know he will be coming back. He's under contract, but I'm going to miss him for the next little while with having this, uh, this creative freedom. Also, Pat, one more Pat reason college football fucking sucks. Pat also the uh, it's like Pat McAfee's the first time like we've been like oh he's stepping away from wrestling what did he do something better you know like every time it's like oh they found a body and Teddy Hart's drunk college football doesn't just ruin the lives of the children that play it but the best commentator in wrestling <laughs> well, no Jim Ross is just fine <laughs> that no by that, the way that, Jim that, Jim Ross was so good on Dynamite. He didn't fuck up once. It was so it was so great. Wait, how great that they were like, we don't need this sort of negativity. 
and well, then folks, they don't use JR. Well, folks, that's our episode. It was one of our longest ones. Join our YouTube, join our Facebook, join our Twitter, follow us on Instagram, leave a five-star review, leave a review, buy our merch. Buy a gun. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got to say, I tried those muffins at Mindy's Bakery, and they were just okay at best. (laughs) Well, usually when when I see a muffin, I'm thinking about Penelope Ford. Come on, JR. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it, JR. No, he's he's thinking about Marsha Colton. We should have Dirty JR as a character on the show. He already has his own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, that's it for us, Zach. Wash your hands.